Hellboy, Aladdin, and some new Netflix news, plus our reviews for Bumblebee and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. All this and more on this upcoming Attractions episode of Midnight Double Feature. How we doing, buddy? Mr. Matthew Vella. How you doing, man? I am extravagant. You always sing my name. I, it's just such a, a, a melodic name, dude. I love it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hey, so to start this week off, man, I want to I wanna tell you a, a true story, which I saw, and I can't believe this is fucking real. Uh, here's, here's a funny movie-related story. I'm just going to read you a headline I saw, okay? Me. From uh This is from ScreenRant.com, but they got this story from the Springfield News Leader, which I'm guessing is not a major publication. But anyways- Are they uh, um, the Simpsons related? <laughs> no, surprisingly no, uh, but is animation related. Okay, okay, here's the title. You ready for this? Are you ready go, for it? Go, yeah. Poacher forced to watch Bambi on repeat as part of his prison sentence. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right. So, so <laughs> get this. So, some, some fucking legend of a judge, like fucking props to this motherfucker. Um, so there's some poacher who gets um, his shit. He gets into some shit. And um, basically he goes to jail for about a year for poaching. Then on top of that, he gets an extra 120 days for um, felony firearms probation violation, um, which kind of sounds like a white guy trying to rap. Pretty, pretty much. um, As a part of his unique sentence, once every month, um, starting on or before December 23, which is very soon, um, he has to watch Bambi once a month as punishment for the rest of his sentence. So this guy's going to see it at least, I think, probably what, like- Dude, I'm 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 almost twenty I'm times. This like, now. It's crazy. This is, authorities have no idea how many deer the Berry family and their associates illegally killed in the fields and forests of southern Missouri over the last decade. But the details Fuck. of their poaching operation would make any lover any animal lover's stomach turn. Over nearly nine years, David Berry and his two sons, David Berry Jr. and Kyle Berry, killed the deer, mostly at night, then cut off their heads and antlers, leaving the bodies to rot where they oh, fell. Oh shit. Um, I didn't I didn't see that part. Yeah, that's, that's wild, dude. That's fucking Fucking, that's a dark way to start the episode, but hilarious at the same time. <laughs> yeah, like Bambi of all things. You know, at least it's not a terrible movie. Like they're watching a no, good film at no, least. But but um, they're gonna if they don't cry by the yeah. end of that sentence, they are monsters. Dude, they're going to. I'm talking literal monsters. They're going. They're going to go through some emotional carnage. <laughs> they're going to come out as animal rights activists. Pretty hopefully. much. That's, yeah. They're going to come out vegan. That they're going to come out vegan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, look, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, um, today, but probably one of the biggest things is the Golden Globe nominations, which did cause a little bit of controversy, I think, in, um, in our after party chat, um, on a Facebook group, um, which by the way, shout outs for those who aren't aware. If you want to be our friend, you can find us on the after party. It is a Facebook group, um, that we run on Facebook and yeah, but, um, tell us about these Golden Globes nominations, man. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
you want to walk through it film by film? Uh, or I won't, how I won't we walk through it film by film. We'll just kind of like blow through it. I mean, like it's not, it's not the Oscars. Uh, I don't put that much uh, <laughs> stock in the Golden Globes in the first place. Actually, that's their that's their slogan. It's like the Golden Globes. We're not the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> we're the Oscars. That uh, oh, yeah, I fucked that up. I wasn't even going to try. Discount, yeah, discount, discount, discount Oscars. Oscars. Uh, I'll, I'll talk through the, the sort of like the notable ones. Um, so, best picture drama. Okay, so listen, li- hear me out. A Star Is Born. I love Star Is Born. You know I love Star Is Born. Everybody loves Star uh, Is Black Born. Black Klansman. I mean, come on, Spike Lee fucking killed it. With that movie it's it's pretty good i haven't seen would i call i don't know if i'd call it one of the best films of the year but it's pretty uh, good well i mean it, it, it it's it's gonna be because of what it's about right like the subject matter like that's definitely why it's in where it is <laughs> it is a great concept for yeah. a film that's for sure um okay so uh if beale street could talk um so that's directed by barry jenkins who directed moonlight so that could be a shoe in um yeah, I'm unfamiliar with that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, okay, and here are the two the two weird ones, but the one like they're they're weird in the sense that they're they're blockbusters, and they're not going to win. Uh, Black Panther. All right. So with Black Panther, my thoughts. I understand why some of the reaction, but it's also like it's interesting because one of the biggest complaints the Oscars get is that they've kind of like they're not with the times. They're very like it's a bunch of old white dudes the whole time picking stuff. It's understandable. These award things, they want to be prestigious and stuff, but you can't deny the cultural phenomenon of Black Panther. Like, what was the last film to do something like this? Like, it's, it's even bigger than Get Out was. Like, it reminds me of the, the cultural impact something like The Matrix had, you know? So, it's cool. It gets a shout out. Would I consider it worthy of a win? No. I don't know. Um, but I don't. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just gonna kind of, kind of like do a counterpoint because I love arguing. <laughs> um, do it. Lay so it on me. I do agree, like to a certain extent, that the critics aren't, you know, like in the now. But I mean, Moonlight was a movie about a gay black dude. Like, you know. No, no. When I say when I say they're not in the now, sorry, I'm not meaning like in t- that sort of cultural relevance thing. Yeah, I mean I get, more I get like they're not really with it with the kids, yeah, you know. They're not like their standards of a good film's different to the, what the general public is, yeah. you know. Uh, Which is why the Oscars almost had the popular film category, but they chickened out. Yeah. Um, the fucking pussies. <laughs> um, and dude, the last one is Bohemian Rhapsody. Like this is just straight up. It doesn't belong in there. Um, the only, the only thing that deserves to be award worthy is Rami Malek, and that's it. I think. I I'm actually in full agreement yeah. there. I think um, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's it's a film that's easy to love, but it's it's. I feel like it's easy to love. It is a fun film, but it's it's not going to be. It, I feel like the credits of that film, like the the merits aren't it's isn't the filmmaking of it. The merits are the actual band itself. You know, you don't get good points for being about someone cool. Like otherwise, I would be calling First Man the best film of all time. And you know, I don't love that film. Yeah, actually, speaking of First Man, that's one of the things that a lot of people are saying that First Man should be in the nominations. I personally disagree. I think it. Should. I, think it I think it's worthy of a few awards. I don't think it's worthy of best film, but. If you want to argue that it's better than Black Panther, I'll argue that it's better, or better than, Bohemian than Rhapsody. Black Klansman. Uh, if you want to argue it's better, yeah, I actually understand. I understand why it should get a nom, right? Like I disagree with it personally, but I wouldn't be mad if it got a nom because it was a well-made film. Mm. You know? Um Okay, so best picture. In- didn't what? 
Didn't like Mary Poppins get a nom? Or yeah, something? hold on, I'm getting to it. Fuck. Oh, sorry, Jump, sorry. I thought you were finished. I was the like, gun. I swear there was more. Jumping the gun. <laughs> uh, best picture, motion picture. Sorry, best best motion picture, uh, mo- musical or comedy. So they break it up, obviously. So yeah, Mary right, Poppins yeah. return uh, returns got a nomination. Um, Crazy Rich Asians got a nomination, which is pretty cool, I think. Um, the mm-hmm. favorite. Um, so that's directed by the guy who directed The Lobster. I haven't really seen much of it. Um, and Green mm, Book. So that stars Viggo Mortensen and uh, Mahershala Ali, uh, which I heard it's- Green Book's getting a lot of yeah. hype. Um, Danny did a review of that. There was, a, there was, a, there was an incident um, at a film festival recently with um, the guy from Lord of the Rings yeah. um, who was in this. Viggo uh, Mortensen. What happened with him? He he got kicked out of the festival because he tried to fight someone or something. I, I can't know. remember. Um, we I should have done research to bring it up on the show, but fuck it, fuck it. I'm lazy. Um, and- um, yeah, a lot of these films too are films that haven't come out for us yet. Yeah, so, uh, the last one, the last yeah. one is Vice. So Vice, the reviews for Vice are coming out now, and they're not, um, they're not very, they're not as positive as The Big Short. Um, because it's directed oh, by the wow. same guy, okay. Adam McKay. Um, it, it's currently it's sitting at sixty five on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, that's not it's, good. It's five away from rotten. <laughs> um, I'll yeah, still check it out just because I like the politics and stuff. But everyone- ev- Dude, I, I want to check it out just for those performances. Yeah. Like the, the, the makeup alone is fucking insane. Well, I was getting- to- No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say, uh, everyone across um, the board is like 100% on board that uh, Christian Bale deserves a best actor nom. Like he's killing it. Okay. So it seems like another Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek situation. Um, yeah. But curiously, the, the the movie that's not nominated for an award is uh, a movie that I really I haven't had, I haven't sat down and watched it yet. Roma, Alfonso Cuarón's Roma. Um, this right, yeah. Roma's got a bit of hype behind it too. I haven't seen it. I've heard great things though from friends who have that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm hearing a lot of great stuff. But he is directed for be- uh, he is on, up for best director. So it's Alfonso Cuarón, Adam McKay, Bradley Cooper, Peter Farrelly, who did The Green Book, and Spike Lee, uh, Black Klansman. So I mean, that's a good that's a good it lineup. Is, it is. Um, you know what is getting great reviews though from what I can. See, uh, Mary Poppins returns. Yeah, uh, I'm um, seeing. Apparently, it's really. I'm good. seeing good shit, especially for uh, Emily Blunt. Um, she apparently she killed it, but um, the the big sort of like there are a few snubs. Um, you know, we did talk about First Man. Um, you look like regardless of what you thought of the movie, Matt, like like critically, it's pretty adored. Like, oh, for sure, and like when a film like with a film with that much hype and that much prestige with that like the people attached to it doesn't get recognized that way that's a surprise it is weird no matter what the film is yeah so we talked about first man um atlanta was something that was snubbed because uh, obviously golden globes is tv as well um and widows love atlanta Mm. and widows yeah there there are there's a there's a bit of outcry for widows as well yeah Mm. um by the way uh so i just started this the good place is nominated it's pretty good dude i've been watching it it's uh pretty damn decent man it's uh it's created by michael Schur, who was in the office he helped create the office as well yeah Um, and it's written by drew goddard i've been hearing great things hey yeah um yeah it's good stuff someone's but i mean other than that man um you know 
like you've still got the the usual stuff that's nominated like Westworld um you've got Ozark you've got um oh Yvonne Strahovski for The Handmaid's Tale I've been watching that dude it's uh just popped up on Stan season one it's fucking incredible yeah, TV man. I've um, only seen like bits and pieces but the cinematography yeah. alone is fucking beautiful man it's fantastic man and Yvonne Yvonne's from bro she went to UWS she was oh, really? she was born in wearing she was born in Warrington <laughs> So, oh, wow. So, uh, for the listeners, yeah. Zoheb and I are uh, undergraduate, bat- uh, undergraduate- Alumni. Uh, yeah, we're alumni of a university called UWS, which is recently rebranded to WSU, but you're not allowed to call them WSU for legal purposes because of copyright stuff, so it's called Western Sydney University. They had a very, exp- <laughs> had a very expensive branding wow. branding thing, which I don't think went their way, but it- they won awards for it, so good for them. Um <laughs> Didn't mean to so, throw shade on this uni that I owe so much to. I love those guys. Um, so that's the that's the Golden Globes. Like it's not you know it's nothing overly exciting. Um, I'll uh, you know I'll wait until the 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 nominations for the Oscars come out, which should be pretty fucking soon because they're usually at the end of Feb, I think. Um, Bro, over I think it's Feb. overall. I feel like 2018 was not a great year for film. I feel like there was a lot of films that didn't live up to their hype or were kind of disappointing. For me, like the only films that I really stand out to me were like fucking amazing that weren't comic book films because I'm a nerd was like, I think of Searching, I think of Creed 2, I think of um, Into the Spider-Verse, we're talking about lately, but that's a comic book film too. Like there's not a lot of films I can think of and go, fuck, that was amazing and I can't wait to like rewatch it next year, you know? Dude, I think I think there are a few. I mean, like, don't give me like besides the comic book ones, um, Annihilation was pretty damn. Oh decent. shit, a quiet place. See, I keep forgetting Annihilation because here yeah. in Australia we got Netflix, but fucking love Annihilation. Yeah. And you're right, a quiet place. Quiet place is great. Um, I liked Hereditary. I didn't not like everyone Hereditary. did. Um, First Man, Mission Impossible was incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, Mission Impossible like, was yeah, really I, good. I really liked Widows. Um, I miss Widows. Like, I obviously. Seen that yet. You said searching. Game night was pretty fucking great. Um, you know, I'll pretty- be honest. I think game night. I won't remember it in two years. I like it, but it's not that fun. Mm. I don't think it was that funny. I just think it was an interesting concept. Yeah, um, I really liked Halloween. Um, I loved Halloween Creed Two, as you guys heard yeah. last week. Upgrade was awesome. Oh, dude, Upgrade. Um, Fuck yeah, that was a surprise yeah. of the year for me. Yeah, Upgrade yeah. was fucking so great. They, they are there. Like the movies are there. But we'll we're we're going to we're, we're definitely going to do a top ten before the year is out. Oh, hundred percent. So. 100%. Yeah. Um, All right, move us on, Matt. Yeah, let's do that. Um, but yeah, overall, Golden Globes, um, fun times. Um, next up, let's talk about... Um, let's talk about... Okay, here's, here's something that's... It just happened today, and um, it's kicking up a bit of a storm. Uh, we got a photo shoot along with some stills of Disney's new live-action Aladdin movie. And uh, so, <laughs> what are we seeing here? <laughs> Yeah, this um, this is weird. I mean, ugh, like, okay, so you got you, you got the chick from Power Rangers as Jasmine. She's very pretty. Yeah. She's super hot. Um, and like you know, Jasmine was like my crush when I was a kid. <laughs> so, um, that definitely fits in with that. You've got this uh, this newcomer as Aladdin. Which, for the um, record, Disney. Like, I remember when they put out the casting call for him a while ago. Like they they really searched high and low for someone to play Aladdin, so they wanted someone who looks like him and like was the right nationality, but also could I think sing and had this right Disney look. Like apparently it was like a major mission to cast Aladdin, 
So I'm expecting right. things from this guy because he's not just like a character that could just pull anyone for, you know? He's from, uh, his name's Amina Masood. He's from, uh, he was recently in Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, the one with uh, John Krasinski, mm. which I haven't really seen, but um, he, he looks he looks the part, like, you know. He does. But man, the big thing about- The big thing. <laughs> the, the big thing about this the part, this, this uh, photo shoot. Well, not really, well, blue. Yeah. Uh, fucking Will Smith, dude, just looks silly. He just looks super fucking silly. Like it just, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. Like, and look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really fully judge it yet. Um, I'm gonna wait for a trailer. It's hard not that, to judge that, it though, right? No, that's true. But that first teaser trailer we got, like the feel of it was amazing. Like everything was awesome. So I'm, I'm really gonna wait for this a second trailer and see how we go. Um, Will Smith actually came out today, like really, really shortly yeah. after that uh, magazine dropped, and he said, um, "Of course, there's gonna be blue and CGI. Um, this is apparently just how he looks like to blend in well, and shit, like his human sort of shape." I think I heard somewhere he's only like that for like a small handful of scenes, like it's only one or two or something. For the most part, he's yeah. like a big blue CGI genie. <laughs> I think I think what does it for me is like the beard thing. It looks pretty cheesy. It reminds me of the the Shazam film, you know, starring a Shaq, um, <laughs> which is not a Kazam. Oh, sorry, Kazam, not Shazam. Yeah, it's not a film you want to be compared to. It looks insanely cheesy, but to Will Smith's defense or Disney's defense, um, anyone who's seen the Broadway musical of Aladdin will attest like this is exactly how he looks like, pretty much um, oh, in yeah. that. So. Technically, you could argue it's accurate, um, so, but it still is um, weird seeing Will Smith, of all people, the guy that we all grew up with and loved, uh, looking like this. It feels awkward. Yeah, his beard looks like a, uh, like, you know, when you're in art and, like, you're trying to paint and shit <laughs> and you reach over and you look at, you, sorry, you look at all the paintbrushes and shit, right? Yeah. And there's that one paintbrush that's all frayed and all, like, all that bullshit. That's what that it, is. You know what it looks like to me? It looks like, um, you know that scene and something about Mary and, like, the cums is dripping off his ear? <laughs> 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 ah, oh. nice. Um, Entertainment Weekly also like dropped a few like first photos of it too. There's this like one photo of like Will Smith just kind of like leaning on his like stomach and like talking to Aladdin, and just the side-on shot looks ridiculous as well. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just weird, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, look, I like Guy Ritchie as a director, um, uh, and I, I I have faith in Disney. Um, like you know their live action shit. Um, generally does to tend to do well, man. Um, so I'm really keen to see how this goes. So yeah. Um, also, yeah, I'll wait for a trailer. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, also, I want to. I'm really surprised. I, I, the monkey. Okay, who the f- Abu? Who who is this monkey? I'm trying to figure out. I've seen this monkey in films before. I originally thought it was Crystal the monkey, who is known for like the Hangover films and Night at the Museum, and had that few episodes. Is it CG? Is it is it CG? It looked really good, but like it looks familiar. It's annoying me how familiar this monkey looks. I feel like I've seen this monkey in a film before. Maybe he's CJ and maybe they just copy and paste it for other films. I don't know. But it's annoying me how familiar this monkey is. But I've got- um, I, I think it's it, CJ. It's probably dude. CJ. It would make sense. Disney love this CJ. Um, can I bring up one more point about Aladdin before we move on? Yeah, you're going to talk about Jasmine because I'd love to talk about Jasmine. 
No, but uh, if you want to lead in with that, no, I, can, I don't. I, I was just going to say she's look, she's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, well, look, they 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 also both look sixteen, so be careful. That's true. Um, <laughs> no, no, she's uh, yeah. Nah, she's not. They they, they age them young. No, no you don't think I checked young. out her age when I watched Power Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> I checked her. I checked her age out when I watched Power Rangers. I was like, it's a pink ranger. It's a pink ranger. I got to check her out. <laughs> That's the first thing. Like, oh shit, she's hot. Google, 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 Google. Hot. She's hot. <laughs> um, all right. So I want to say a little bit of a, I told you so. So oh, you piece of shit. Very recently, go. very recently, you gave me shit on the air for judging Sonic by a single picture of Sonic. <sighs> and now you're doing the same for the genie, just like everybody else. So well, dude, that I was, was right. You, you can judge a film by a picture. Hold you on. totally can. Hold on. It looks weird. So does Sonic. No, but the Sonic the, the Sonic thing is a fucking silhouette. This is an actual photo. Dude, his calves alone. He, he, okay, so what? Sonic's calves. Sonic's calves are the equivalent of Will Smith's entire costume. <laughs> it's just weird seeing someone like that in that scenario. I don't know, dude. That I, think, said, I think the Sonic one was a bit weirder because it it was a silhouette. Like, I mean, look, like, less I, weirder. Sorry. No, I understand. I understand. Um, that being said, a very small side thing I that happened this week, which I. I love when I saw this someone as well. can take they can take shit and make fun of themselves. But yeah, there's this new uh, Sonic the Sonic movie got a Twitter account, and one of the first things they post was some interns photoshopped a picture of Sonic with even bigger, more thicker legs, holding up a sign covering his face, which is like kind of guy workout. See you next year, love Sonic. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Like at least they got a sense of humor yeah. about it, and um, at least they can take that. Makes me wonder if that means they're going to rework some things or if that means like, is this going to be, is this our first taste of Sonic's personality? I'm really like invested in this film. I want to know, it's just the weirdest pitch. Like I can't imagine if someone pitched me a Sonic film go, it's going to be live action. We're going to give him legs and Jim Carrey's going to be in it. Like that's so, and we're going to give him two eyes. Like everything's like, wait, what, what do you slow down? That's too much information. What are you doing? So, and after Sonic's had such a bad uh, hit and miss reputation in the last decade, um, I'm going to be following. This is going to be, this is the new Venom for me, man. I'm going to be following it to a T. Oh, Jesus. I can't. I'm so curious to what they're going to do. And especially like right after Detective Pikachu came out, where that did a kind of a really great job. It it feels like Detective Pikachu is everything Sonic wants to be, but I'm guessing it won't be. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll move us along. But that's something um, I've been I'm really looking into. Um, here's a real quick one: um, the Joker movie is wrapped. Um, that's exciting. Probably going to get it soon. It's kind of all I have to say, other than the director posted some Instagram thing. But yeah, really excited for that. Now, um, <laughs> something a little bit bigger in news. I'll, uh, I'll yeah, I'm keen for a trailer. Hopefully, we get a trailer soon. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that means. Is this a 2019 film? Do we know that? Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm really curious to see it. There's speculation going around that maybe the plot's got something to do with the Joker being an illegitimate son of Thomas Wayne. I'm, I'm like, okay, that's different, but I don't know what that's based on, so I'm not. Don't quote me on that. It's um, due out. It's due out in October, so we probably won't get a trailer for a little bit, actually. Yeah, probably. But give me a poster, man. I can't wait for it. Anyways, um, speaking of trailers. We got a trailer for the new Hellboy film. Yes, we did. What do you reckon, bro? What do you okay. reckon? Um, I'm really. It's definitely different to what we're used to with Hellboy, right? 
Yeah, it is. It is different. It's a lot more. Uh, okay, so the first two Hellboys had their comedic elements. This looks like it's turning it up into kind of like a bit more silly, silly, sillier, sillier. Um, but the trailer itself is fine. It's not terrible. It's not amazing. It's a little mediocre. Um, David Harbour as as Hellboy. I mean, you can't. It's really tough to replace Ron Perlman, only because Ron Perlman really yeah. looks like Hellboy. <laughs> like he he he's got that fucking look about him, man. Like he looks like a. He, I mean, look, I love the guy, he look, but he looks like a gorilla man. <laughs> it's weird that he hasn't played Frankenstein yet. Yeah, it, it is weird. But every time I, was, I watched Sons of Anarchy back in the day, I'm like, man, this this guy looks like a. This guy looks like an ape. <laughs> Like he just he just never evolved. <laughs> um, oh, that's me. Yeah, hey, I, I love him. Uh, it's not like he's listening. Sorry, Ron, if you are. And you know what? It's not like he's not rich. Yeah, that's so true. Fuck so him. fuck you. He can fuck, get, he can fuck get, anyone who's got more money right, than so he me. Can, he general. can get facial reconstruction. I don't care. Uh, but uh, David Harbour, like he looks fine, man. Like it looks it looks cool. Like it looks like a meaner, a much more meaner version of of Hellboy. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's weird. Like the tone. Like there, there's a little bit of a clash because while okay, so okay, go, go on. I was go gonna on. say while while it does look like a meaner version of Hellboy, it looks like they have ramped the comedic elements up. Um, and like the trailer, the trailer does the the James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy thing where you know it inserts like pop music and makes it look a lot heavily, makes it look very fun. Whereas this is a hard R uh, movie. <laughs> this is a so- this is gonna be violent. This is gonna have swearing. Um. Yeah. So I've got a really weird theory about this trailer, but bear with me, okay? And I'm not attached to the franchise as much as you are, but um, remember when they made that the second trailer of Suicide Squad, and all the footage was shot in dark lighting? It looked, but they had all this fun music over it and colorful graphics, and it's like really took like this dark, serious film and tried to sell it as a comedy. And then obviously they went back and remade the film to do that. I have this weird feeling that's what they've done here because. The jokes they've thrown in aren't like heavy punchlines that hit hard. They just seem like small quips that happen throughout it. And everything else seems so serious and we know this is our own thing. And it doesn't feel like a comedy movie, but the trailer does. Like if I, if you watch that film on mute, if you watch the trailer on mute, you wouldn't think it's meant to be comedic. Um, so I don't know. I feel like maybe there's something going on there. But in addition to that, and here's my only criticism and... I don't want to prejudge it for this, but um, so what's the actor's name? Stranger Things guy, David Harbour. I think he looks the part, but I don't think he's got good comedic delivery. Like, because the character's saying it like he doesn't care, which is true to the character, but it doesn't make me laugh. Like he's not really directing it, like presenting it. It doesn't feel like these lines are meant to make me laugh. But the way this trailer cut is cut, it's like it is. Like it just doesn't feel. I don't know if it's the way they've sort of put this trailer together or if it's his performance, but I'm not feeling the, the comedy element isn't hitting me, you know? The thing you can this film's starting to sell me on is the action. It's got good CGI um, and all this other shit, but the comedy is not working for me. It's falling really flat. Yeah, it, it might also just be the way the trailer's sort of put together. Usually, like... Like sometimes there's often a disparity between a trailer like this and the actual movie. Um, I have faith in this director. Um, so he directed Dog Soldiers, which is pretty good. He directed the the, the Descent, which is awesome. Like I love that movie. Yeah. Um, and he directed 
arguably two of the best episodes of Game of Thrones, and that's Blackwater and The Watchers on the Wall. So, you know, anyone who's a big fan of Game of Thrones, every episode nine of each season, they did this massive big budget episode, and um, that's two of them from two seasons. So he's like, he did great, great episodes. Um, and 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 like when I look around this stuff, I am kind of hyped for the film because something you got to keep in mind, um, like ninety nine. 0.9% of these big blockbuster films, the director isn't directing the trailer. In fact, it's not even within the same production house. It's often shipped out to like a trailer company who cuts the trailers um, based on a brief given by the marketing team. Which is why sometimes, in some cases, you see directors mad at their own trailers or not liking them. A famous one is uh, James Cameron from Terminator 2, where he wanted to surprise the audience that Schwarzenegger's playing good guy now, but they gave it away in like the first two seconds of yeah, the trailer. Yeah, that was a dick move. Um, and then, ironically, they did the same thing with Terminator Genesis. Um, and Terminator so Salvation. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, that like, that franchise dude, gets fucked over with their trailers. I, I heard you guys talking twist. about it on the Terminator podcast, and I was, like, screaming at my fucking radio. I was like, Terminator Salvation as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we left that out. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um and I, I should have mentioned that. I was yeah, you were, the, you were representing us, Matthew. You were, <laughs> you were representing the ones in the know. <laughs> we, we should do a, We should do an episode on Terminator Salvation one day because that movie is highly underrated. I feel. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold Maybe my. Not. I'll hold my thoughts. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Hellboy. I'm still optimistic because I feel like the movie is not the trailer we're getting. Just look at those shots. Seeing us piece together, I could be wrong, but we'll see. Um, let's move on, though. Um, ooh, probably not worth talking about, but um, Benedict Cumberbatch has a HBO film coming out called Brexit. Um, basically, it's about Brexit. Um, really? And he looks, he's, yeah, believe it or not. And, like, it's weird seeing him with a, like, a really heavily receding hairline. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Look, I love, I love um, Benedict. Um, uh, I, like, I will watch him in anything. I'll watch him as a fucking dragon. Um, yeah. Which I have. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have much uh, much investment in the story of Brexit, so... It's a made-for-TV movie, too, so don't expect Doctor Strange or anything. Oh, yeah, I mean, but it is HBO. HBO is known for delivering good quality content, so... 100%. Um, something I want to talk about, which I briefly mentioned in the beginning, is... Um, We've heard some stuff about um, Netflix's future plans from the New York Times. Um, so I should, before I read this quote out, um, for those who, don't, who are playing at home, Scott Stuber, I think he's, that's how you pronounce his name. He's a producer and he's the head of original films at Netflix. Uh, but here's a quote from the New York Times. Mr. Stuber's operation is set up to supply 55 original films a year, including some with budgets high as $200 million. Add in documentaries and animated movies, Handheld, uh, handled by other divisions, and the number of annual Netflix film releases climbs to about 90. To compare, Universal, one of Hollywood's most prolific traditional studios, releases about 30 movies a year. So they're once again ramping up a little bit, but that's just a great way of seeing context of how much shit they're really putting out compared to the studios. And um, that really blows my mind. Um, that being said, with Marvel stuff going away, um, my my interest is slightly dipping, but there's so much, like, especially, but right now I find Netflix, I'm mostly watching stand-up comedies on there and stuff. Um, what Do you have any thoughts? Is there any, um, um, how, how much of your watching comes from Netflix, do you think? Quite a bit. I mean, you know, oftentimes if I'm bored, 
Um, honestly, like while I edit the podcast, um, I often have like my headphones in and just like something playing in the background. It's usually just some big, like schlocky blockbuster movie, but I'm still like, I'm still like, you know, looking up and shit. Like, you know, um, it's, it's not like Netflix is good, dude. Like Netflix, like actually a lot of their original content lately I've been enjoying. Um, like I I definitely can see their budgets getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. I was telling you, um, like a good place is, is pretty decent um i'm pretty early in that um they've just dropped a few new sort of like crime crime documentaries which is right up my alley um yeah like there's one called the innocent man which is like a kind of like based on john grisham's novel um which is pretty compelling so i i do watch netflix dude but like i don't watch like shows that other people do so um no that's cool speaking of netflix um there was a, I can't remember who said it, but there was a comment in the after party where um, we were talking about the Aladdin um, stuff and someone's like, yeah, Will, Sm- Will Smith needs someone to tell him to stop picking up these bad projects. And then someone directly under him linked um, an article that was like, Netflix is greenlit uh, bright too. Yeah. <laughs> Which got me laughing. Yeah. At the time, bright one was, I think, the most they'd ever spent on a production at the time. Um, which I assume is mostly because of Will Smith's fee, but still. Um, speaking of Netflix, though, um, two little small things I want to talk about um, that Netflix are doing. First of all, um, have you seen the trailer for Umbrella Academy? Uh, yes, you just forced me to watch it. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to explain why I love Okay, so I grew up a comic book nerd, right? But I also grew up as a fucking emo kid. Wait, I didn't know you so were a I comic find- book nerd. Tell me more. Oh, well, you know, I had this podcast called Midnight Double Feature. You might have heard of it. Uh- <laughs> uh- <laughs> um, but yeah, so when I find out the singer of My Chemical Romance is writing a comic book, which is basically if Tim Burton made the X-Men, my brain just fucking exploded. Um, and I haven't read it in for so long, but when I saw this trailer, dude, I kind of freaked out a little bit. Now, admittedly, you know, I'm first of all, surprised the budget. Like, they actually seem to do the special effects pretty well. It really reminds me of the old school X-Men films. Um, and this is a series, so I'm really hyped for this, man. Um you said you don't really give a shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I saw the trailer. It's only yeah. a minute long. Like, it doesn't really give me much of a yeah. <clears throat> uh, much of a look into it. Like, it looks interesting, but it does. It looks too much like a X Men spinoff. And we've been getting a lot of X Men, like, like, like that is true. lower lower class X Men spinoffs, like the Gifted. Um, oh, fuck, there, there's some like there's some young. No young one's looking ones forward to New Mutants. No one's excited for New Mutants. <laughs> Well, yeah, only because, you know, they released a trailer like fucking two years ago and we haven't heard shit about that movie, so. And it was a horror film. Yeah. Why is it a horror film? I mean, the trailer was fine. (laughs) Like, the trailer was actually Uh, fine, I thought. Anyways, um, one more thing Netflix is doing. Um, A few weeks back, we talked about a Willy Wonka reboot sort of thing. A bit more information on that. Um, Looks like it's a part of an animated series by Netflix um, where they're bringing Roald Dahl's books to life with uh, with, with animations. Um, they have a cute little teaser trailer where it's kind of like a Wonka bar, but as it opens, instead of chocolate, it's like the Netflix logo uh, on the on golden ticket, and then it flips around oh, really? and lists- <laughs> Yeah, and they That's list cool. some of the stuff they're doing. Two of them are Willy Wonka books. Um, there's a few others. Unfortunately, I didn't see any James and the Giant Peach, which is the one I would care about the most, but I believe they are- Doing something with that property, right? I was. But I don't know if it's uh, Netflix. Uh, yeah, I think they are doing something with James and Giant Peach. Um, uh, yeah, I, I used to love Royal Dial back in the day, man. Uh, fucking the other day, um, <laughs> it's funny, like because I was, I was, uh, 
literally, I was literally just talking about this while I edited the podcast. Uh, I watched some fucking movie in the background, and I was watching fucking Matilda. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, Matilda's one of them. They're animating Matilda oh, really? as well. Yeah, did, did you know that movie was directed by Danny DeVito? <laughs> Get the fuck out. It no seriously way. is. I didn't like know. You're full like, of shit, I, cunt. I do not I, fucking believe you. No way. I swear to God, dude. Like, go back and watch Holy it. Holy shit. <laughs> Directed by Danny DeVito. And Danny DeVito has one of the best, like, m- like roles in that movie. I love him in that movie. Is he allowed to direct? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how does he get behind the camera? Like, he has to step on his- He needs a stepping stool. <laughs> get, get me up here. <laughs> get me behind the camera. <laughs> All right, Matilda. <laughs> All right, Matilda, Matilda. Here's what we're going to do. He's like a little fucking he goblin. He's nothing like that. Holy shit. He's like a little goblin. Oh, I love him. I, He's the most adorable, I, lovely. I need to- Actually, right now, Danny DeVito is my wallpaper. It's He's- him in like bondage gear from like one of the posters of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's hilarious, it's man. Amazing. I need to like, see, It's Always Sunny is not streaming here. I need to find a way to watch it again. Like I've been, I, I used to I, love it back in the day, and like now that there's like new season since then, like I just yeah. Dude, the latest season is fucking hilarious. I will never ever advocate for anyone to watch anything illegal, but if you want to meet some interesting people, I hear there's some pirates by the bay that you can go meet. Um, I hear they're really nice guys. Um, anyway, and midnight double feature uh, has been shut down, ladies and gentlemen. This is our last episode. No. Anyways, uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, you know someone that we both love, James Wan. And he's been in the news a lot lately because he's been doing um, his tour, his press tour for uh, Aquaman. And it's nice to see him out there and about there because I don't remember him doing many interviews for um, stuff like uh, Furious 7 or Fast Furious or whatever the one's called. Um, so a few little things. Um, give us a little update about Annabelle 3. Um, basically saying it feels more like a conjuring film. His quote is, it finally comes to the Warrens' home. So by the very nature, it actually being in the home and the story takes place in the Warrens' home it feels more like a Conjuring film in that respect. Matt, kind of do you a little, care? Um, you know what? I like the Conjuring films. The Nun is one of the worst films I've ever seen in 2018. Annabelle films, like, they're okay popcorn flicks. And if this is, like, tying more into The Conjuring, maybe it'll be less shit. I, I, um, couldn't, I couldn't care less about Annabelle, man. Like, the first one I, was terrible. I'll tell you what I do like. second one didn't like. It's just, like, the doll just doesn't scare me. Uh, I didn't think they were that bad, but... I don't think I was the audience for them at two. But what I do love is I love it when there's a trilogy and the third one comes full circle. And this sounds like they're doing that. Um, also, it's James Wan, so I'll watch it no matter how good or bad it is. Oh, yeah, but um, like he's not. Unless he directs it, then I'll be excited, but he's not. He won't direct it. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, uh, something also I've learned about James Wan this week through like re- reading a few interviews and stuff he's done. He seems very, very, this is very non Hollywood. He's very transparent, I feel. Like he. That's that Australian all in these him. Quotes, yeah, like there's this one. Okay, this isn't big news, but there's this quote that I saw about him talking about Aquaman. And it's like, I've never heard a director talk about a film like this, I feel like, or at least in a while. Um, pretty much he was saying, like, if the movie sucks, it's his fault because he's because he was given so much, so much freedom. And I just want to read this quote because it's just interesting in my opinion. And it is getting mis- mixed reviews. We haven't seen it yet. But he goes, um, it's pretty crazy. For a bit, for as big as a movie Aquaman is, I could not have had more freedom. I had all the big tools and the budget to paint a really big canvas, but with the freedom I had on, let's say, Saw or Insidious. So if this movie works or doesn't work, I've no one to blame but myself. And I'm just like, ah, you know what? Yeah. Congrats to him for having the balls to say that. I feel like, yeah. Good um, on him, but this movie's not going to do gonna, bad. Like, this is going to- Yeah. It's already well, killing the box what? office, so. It is. Um, so the movie's been out for, I think, two weeks internationally- 
I think it's just about to open in the States, but I believe premiered or it's been playing for a while in China and it's fucking destroying over there. On that alone, um, apparently it's already outsold um, Justice League um, and it hasn't even opened in Australia, the US and a few other places yet. So that's pretty crazy. Oh, also, a friend of mine met Jason Momoa today. Oh, apparently. yeah, because he's, he's here for the Australian premiere of Aquaman, yeah. Yeah, I saw a fucking selfie and his fucking giant-ass beard is in it. I'm like, oh, shit, I know that Did person. he mistake it in for a bum? Um, No, but I can believe you'll be easily mistaken for one of those trees <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. Oh, the ants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh, other, little so, hobbit. So it's a small- yeah. Some other small, quick little things about James Wan, about other projects he's doing. He's no longer producing the Resident Evil movie reboot. I didn't even know they're rebooting it, but apparently it was going to be more horror-based. And um, he had this interesting quote. I'm not going to read it all because it's kind of long. But basically, he was saying how he's kind of annoyed with some studios that are like, they'll talk to him once. They'll say he's attached to it. They'll go around saying he's attached. And this probably happens to other people too, but they'll go around saying he's attached to it, but really he hasn't done anything for him. And then, like, it makes it seem like he's doing more work than he actually is. And it's like, fuck, again, like, that's weirdly transparent for, for a Hollywood producer. Um, yeah. So, just that basically, I don't know why they're rebooting it. Like, the, that that franchise is based on video games. There are more movies than video games. And the movies have nothing to do with the video games. But the video games are so much better. And it's kind of just like, what are you even doing? What are you doing? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and the last little thing, I'm not going to read these quotes up either because they're kind of long. But I wanted to bring it up last week. I'm really, really excited of the idea of a um, film reboot for Mortal Kombat. And he's attached to that still as a producer. But um, he sort of gave... You can look this up if you're interested. But he gave this really interesting behind-the-scenes look about how they've been trying to get the right budget for it and working the script to fit the budget they can get. Um, because they've originally pitched it as like an R-rated Avengers, um, which is exactly what that movie needs to be. But it's hard to... You know, when you're doing an R-rated film, studios don't want to give you much money because it's more risky um, and things like that. So, yeah, that was pretty interesting. And again, like, really surprised how open he is about this stuff. Um, Let's move on, though. I've got one quick little piece of news. Bring it. Uh, Lay it on me, man. I've been talking too much. So this is just because you mentioned that uh, James Wan is off the Resident Evil movie. Uh, Someone else that's off another movie... Only because this movie is now stuck in development hell, but it's still uh, apparently ready to go in April, ready to shoot in April. Sean Levy has left the Uncharted movie, um, so he's oh, shit. he's no longer directing it, um, and Tom Holland's still attached to star as a lead. Um, apparently, production is supposed to start next April. So, um, yeah. Video game movies, man, they're having a real bad rap right now. Mm. Um, also, is Tom Hardy really the best choice for that film? Tom Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Um. Yeah. I said Hardy. I mean. Okay. I. I still. I still. I still apply that. Is Tom Holland really the best choice for that? I don't, film? I don't know whether they do a, adult Drake. Um. But Drake. Drake has has like you know younger scenes in those movies. Uh, maybe they're going for a bit of a younger take. Um. So yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um. I don't know. You know, I could see Tom Holland playing Who? Young Link in a Legend of Zelda film. Yeah. It's giving some fucking little elf ears and a green little hood. I'm not talking Breath of the Wild. I'm talking like Ocarina of Time. And then like he turns into someone like, imagine Tom Holland. He's in the first half of the film. Then he does like the fucking Excalibur sword, time sword, whatever the fuck it's called. The sword of time, whatever, hero of time, whatever it's called. Plays a little fucking ocarina flute thing. Zelda. And then he turns into Zelda, someone like- Zelda, I don't feel like, so good. <laughs> Zelda, yes. I don't feel so good. And then like, I know, he transforms into, who would play adult Link? I don't know. 
the way Hollywood's going, it's probably going to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Can you imagine? If Tom you smell what The Rock is cooking. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, now, you know, you know what would be? Tom Holland would turn into Tobey Maguire. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uncle Ben. Uh, Uncle Ben. Uh, so, I got some more Disney news that's probably almost as crazy as the Aladdin shit. Um, did you know they're doing a live-action Lady and the Tramp film? Is the tramp played by an actual slut? Uh, <laughs> actual tramp. <laughs> no, but you're half right. Apparently, the dogs are going to be played by actual dogs, which sounds yeah, terrible. I, I, I remember posting this in the after party really early, uh, like really early on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, let's move on. Like, there's a quote, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's one sentence, and it says, who doesn't want to see two real dogs kiss over a plate of spaghetti? That sounds terrible. Me. Like, how, you know what this reminds me of? Remember that shitty film, um, Look Who's Talking To? Like, the Look Who's Talking <laughs> Now is bad enough with, like, the, the babies. Then they threw the dogs in there, and it's like, it's just footage of dogs when they don't know they're looking at a camera. And it's like- You mean, you mean the movie that was covered on How Did This Get Made? Very recently, yes, yes. Um, I know you very well, Matthew Vella. Yeah, but, like, that's, that's a great example. Like, what other films do you know star- Dogs that are supposed to communicate and talk and that are good. You know, just name any film starring a dog that's really good that isn't CGI. Name one. Um, they don't exist. They don't exist. You know what? I like cats and dogs when I was younger. Well, that's because <laughs> you were dropped on your head as a child movie, and you yeah, were stupid for the first All right, Matthew, years. we're spending too much time on um, Lady in the okay. Fucking- A few little quick things before we jump in our reviews, okay? Yeah. Um, Marvel is supposedly location scouting for a film that has either a scene or has parts that take place during World War One. It is rumoured that it could be either- Captain it's, it's America! Speculated that it could be Black Widow or it could be The Eternals. They seem to be the two next up on the list. But yeah, Marvel World War One. Hope uh, Interesting. Um, another one we didn't talk about. Keanu Reeves is a character in Toy Story 4. Um, sounds like he's a real intense sort of character. Kind of like a crazier Buzz Lightyear. I can only assume it's a John Wick action figure, right? <laughs> I have no idea, but it'll be fucking awesome if he, like, if if Slink, like, dies and he gets to avenge him. I'm pretty sure we talked about this in a previous episode. It sounds very familiar. Um, um, I, I feel like we have talked about it, but I don't know if about, said online. Speaking about John Wick, um, they just released some new screenshots of... Uh, some some new images of the, of the new movie that I'll post in the after party what? and on Instagram. What? Yep, don't look it up now. But Are I'll, they amazing? Uh, I have that's to. Fine. Is there any more shots of him on the horse no, with a gun? No, it's just a oh. shot of him in the rain and there's another shot okay, of him in, with Halle Berry. But it's weird because they're out in the desert. Oh, well, I guess yeah. he is kind of on the run yeah. now, right? Um, yeah, but in the desert? Maybe they're trying to switch it up. I don't know. It's interesting. It's definitely different. Um, it's going to be hard to dodge bullets when I have there's so much sand around, I guess. Um, I got one last piece of news before we jump into reviews. Um, this comes from, I'm going to fuck this name up, Peter Secreta from Slash Film. Um, he's, he claims that he knows two people that he won't name who have read James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy script, and they both cried. Um, apparently, there's very emotional stuff, and he says he won't say more, which... I just thought I'd bring it up because I know how much you also love um, Gun and and uh, Guardians, and it's good to know that James has kept that heart to it. You know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if if they went out like I mean, because I have to imagine that this is kind of like a trilogy, like they did with Iron yeah. Man. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went out on a very emotional note. Um, this actually does remind me, which I didn't write down. 
Um, the actress whose name's slipping me, who plays Nebula. Um, oh, and I really like Karen her too. Gillen. Um, that's it, right? She's um, she she was in that show Selfie and Jumanji and all that stuff. Yeah, she did say mention um, she's got some daddy issues because obviously Thanos and stuff. Um, anyways, up next we have two reviews. Uh, the first for Bumblebee and also into the Spider Man into the Spider Verse. So first up will be Bumblebee. Um, let's get chatting. There's a war raging on our planet. If this criminal isn't found, that war may find its way here. Is there anyone that can help you? Do you have a family? Oh, who would be? They're calling an army. I've seen firsthand these things really are. There is only one way to end this war. You must protect Earth and its people. Take it down! Let's talk Bumblebee. So, spoiler alert, I'm not a big fan of Transformers franchise. Wait, before, before we start, this is going to be all spoilers, guys. All going to be spoilers, but I, I even don't like the first one, and I'm told that's the best one, and it's crazy that I don't like it. But I kind of like this one a you're little not, bit. You're not talking about the cartoon. You're not talking about the oh, 1980s, no, like the movie. Oh, shout to the old school stuff. I'm talking about the, all the films, man. But um, I kind of like Bumblebee, but you're way more attached to this than I am. You probably have a lot more insight. So how about you go first? Spoiler free. What do you think of Bumblebee? Wait, are we going spoiler free or? Sorry, spoiler filled. I keep saying that's the second <laughs> episode in a row. When I say spoiler free, I mean free spoilers. Matt's, Matt's over we, there smoking a fucking smoking a joint or two. Um, but no. Can you, can you blame me? Bumblebee. Bumblebee 2018. I did not like this movie. Um, shots fired. Shots, shots fired. I'm probably the only one in the world who doesn't like it because it's currently killing it, um, you know, in terms of reviews and shit. Um, it might have been down to a range of factors. It might have been down to the fact that the cinema was hot as shit. might have been down to the oh, fact that there was yeah, screaming no, 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 kids. No, Before you go on, we need to explain everyone out. Terrible movie experience. It was the two of us and a friend of ours who described it, who second the credits roll said, this was the worst movie going experience I've ever had. And I yep. don't blame him. We sat in the second row from the front. So our necks broke during the process. I don't, they got I don't mind that. Seats. I, like, that's not such a big um, thing for me. It wasn't so bad because the seats were recliner ones, but still that sucked. But the big thing was air conditioner was broken. I sweated like a motherfucker. It was so goddamn hot. And top it all off, so many little kids just running back and forth, screaming at us, just fucking crying, being little bitches. Fuck kids. Why does anyone have kids? What is the I, positive upside to never, having a child? I have, I have never wanted to just like punt a kid more in my life. Just you like fucking were very angry. Kick it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's the worst fucking like the parents just don't give a shit. And like honestly, they don't they've got like no consideration that people actually paid for it. Like I, I uh, it annoys the fuck out of me. But anyway, yeah. Bumblebee. Anyways, um, yeah. Didn't like it. Let me get through this, Matt, because I know you're gonna want to jump in. Um <laughs> that's 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 my way of saying shut up. <laughs> Oh, I'm aware. I'm kidding. I love you. I believe the I believe the listeners are too. No, I, I love you. But anyway, um, 
I liked I liked the first Transformers, the first Bay Transformers. Really, I actually do really do enjoy that movie. Um, I think it's super underrated. Um, you know, it does have its issues, um, but the sequels, you know, gradually fall off. The Last Night is a terrible abomination trash movie. Um, but the first one, man, I love like Bay's. This movie made me, like this Bumblebee movie made me miss Bay's sensibilities as a director. And that's saying something, because he doesn't have he doesn't he doesn't have many. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure I'm sure many listeners of Midnight Double Feature will know. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a Bay apologist. Uh, like I was the one who chose the island uh, for us to cover in feature presentation. Um, and this was, I know what they were going for. I know that they were going for this kind of like childlike. Uh, approach. Here's the thing, though. This movie here was rated PG, um, and in the states, it's actually rated PG thirteen, which is weird. But uh, no, nah, because we don't have PG thirteen. No, is PG we got F, but our, our M is PG thirteen. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there, there were some moments in this where I thought, you know, it, it was a little full on. But um, but anyway, um, I just thought it, it was a bit too cutesy for its own good. Um, it was, it, there were just, the pacing was long to me. Like, this felt three hours. And again, it might have been the, the experience. It might have been the cinema experience because, like, fucking kids crying in my right ear the entire time. Ah, uh, just ridiculous. But the, the the pacing of it just felt so fucking long, man. Like, the scene of, like, Bumblebee, like, navigating his way through the kitchen felt like an eternity. I was like, are we still here? <laughs> are we still doing this? Um... And I don't, like, there was some shit with the characters that I didn't like, like John Cena's character. Like, why is John Cena in this? Like, why? Like, he doesn't do anything. Like, he's just, he he seems more, he he seems like he's more in in the Michael Bay movie than he is in this movie. He kind of feels a little out of place. Um, and, and like, you know, he's got a couple of like comedic scenes, like, like the Decepticon line, like they're literally called Decepticons. Like, I, <laughs> I love that line. I love that, that was line. Great. That was great. But like, it's also like, you know, you've got to, you've got to inject a little bit of realism. Like I want I want a little bit more realism here. Like fucking, you've got three alien contacts who come into the atmosphere Two of them approach the government. By the way, not the government. It's Sector 7 who, um, you know, it's pretty... I I like this prequel shit because, like, that ties into the first Transformers. Um, But Sector 7, it's not even the government. It's Sector 7. Like, it's not the actual fucking government and the White House responding. It's a shady, like, government agency. So that already in itself is unrealistic because you would get fucking world governments like, you know, and this is just me like being like a, a nerd like about this shit. Um, you've got two Decepticons asking for satellite access to contact uh, to, to try and find B. Um, but, but like his name is B-127. So number one, the the fucking government just give them access. Here you go, guys. Here, here's, here's everything we have. Here's all of our intelligence. Here's everything we have, like, like all of our security nets. It, it's fucking ridiculous. Like that, I couldn't get over that. I don't care what they're going for. But they gave you the internet. This podcast care. wouldn't exist if it wasn't for those Decepticons. So you, my friend, better shows your fucking gratitude, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah. I, Decepticons yeah, I, created the internet. 
I, I yeah <laughs> fuck me I don't know I, I just I couldn't get over that like that was my biggest hurdle for me like the government just gave them access and then they're like let's destroy them all once we find them like I just nah. okay fine um and then like later um the guy from, the guy from uh Fast and Furious um the the doctor the 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 Mexican doctor guy um Agent Powell is his name he calls John Cena um whose name is Agent Burns and he's like hey so i was wrong <laughs> they're using our satellites to call backup <laughs> and yeah. and i'm just like yeah obviously you were wrong dude like obviously um, by the way, um, the the two the two Decepticons are actually pretty badass. So um, one's actually voiced by Justin Theroux, who is awesome, um, and the other one's directed by Angela Bassett, who is fucking awesome. So she's from you. You probably remember him from Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like the action sequences were fine. Um, you know, the the opening scene was awesome. Like with Bumblebee the kicking. Opening scene was legit great. Yeah, it was badass. It was badass. <laughs> Arguably the best scene in the film, but yeah, great. I'd say so as well. Like it started off on a high. I was like, "Holy shit, this is this is this is gonna be awesome!" And then we start with the Haley Steinfeld stuff. And look, it's fine for the most part. It's just uh, it was it was a little bit problematic for me just because it felt like um, a bit too much repetition from um, Shia LaBeouf's character in the first one. Like, oh, he finds this car, and like now he. He's having issues with this bully uh, who also has the girl, um, which is what Haley Steinfeld goes here, except, you know, in reverse. And, and, you know, she has to come to grips with the fact that her car is an alien. Same shit in the fucking first one. Um, And it just it just didn't. I, I felt like I've seen it all before, which I have. Like, that is all in the 2007 Transformers. Um. And again, man, like, I just think Bay does the military stuff better. I think Bay actually does action so much better. Um, like, the only thing here that Travis Knight does better than Bay is that you can, like, like he pulls the camera back a little bit. Like, Bay is a bit too close. But Bay, yeah, with the music, with the music and the explosions and the actual, like, like a lot of the angles, it, it, it seems a lot more cinematic. And it, it, to me, that just, like, it suits a Transformers film a little bit better because it honestly is just giant fucking fighting robots. I don't need fucking um I, I don't I don't need a, a great drama out of it. Um but yeah, uh B himself is, you know, adorable sometimes, but still a little, you know, a little repetitive, like with the comedic stuff, like, oh, he's a fish out of water, like he doesn't understand and blah blah blah. But I do love like I, I do love the world building. Um, you know, like the, he gets his voice like fucked up at the start and that's how, you know, his his voice gets all destroyed and shit, like he can't speak normally in the in the later ones and and all that shit. Um, I don't know, dude. This this movie is just so muddled to me. Um, I, I wasn't really much of a fan, but I do give it like a passing a passing grade just because it's like it is watchable. Um, it's it's not a failure at all. Um, it just it's just not amazing. It's not it's not. I wouldn't even say it's good. Um, I'd give it a six. That's me. So in terms of score, I probably land in the same place as you, but my overall views are a lot more positive. <laughs> So Dude, uh, everyone, should, everyone's is. I'm the I'm the heel. Well, this is a. Uh, I just read. Um, it's the highest rated, according to Rotten Tomatoes, the highest rated film of the Transformers franchise. That's not I saying much. I feel like that. 
Yeah, of course. But I feel like that ultimately comes down to them stripping back the storyline and make it focus on just more like one character. It just makes it, one, a lot more easy to follow, two, a lot more easy to connect to the characters, and three, I think it just makes for better storytelling. And I feel like this film really shows for that. The The big difference is, though, um, the audience it's aimed for. Like, I feel this is going for a slightly younger market. Um, and so, obviously, the way they do that is, like, they do it the way they play up the humor and, and the cutesiness and stuff. I know that was a problem for you, but for me, I'm at the point now where it's very hard for a film to surprise me. I've seen all this shit before, man, because they all follow very similar formulas and stuff. And with this film, it's very obvious. Um, but it's done well, I would say, about 60 to 70% of the time. Um, this does have some cringy dialogue. Not the worst I've seen this year. That still probably belongs to... Mile 22. Probably the... Oh, yeah, Mile 22 or the Meg. <laughs> They both had really bad dialogue. They both have very bad Venom's dialogue. Venom's pretty up there as well. Um, yeah, it is, doesn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, this film had... No, you know what? No, 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 Sorry. The worst dialogue by far, I can't believe this didn't occur to me, was obviously Rampage. Holy shit, that was the worst dialogue I think I've seen in years. Sorry, it was um, what? Anyways, just, what was that? Rampage. Rampage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, for sure the worst dialogue by far. This had some moments of really bad, but in between all that, had some good stuff. Um, there was a few choices I thought were weird, like the the overall character flaw that um the 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 protagonist who's um played by Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld Haley Steinfeld she like it's the thing is like diving she used to be a a really great diver and now she's like scared to dive and like they remind you throughout it but then at the end her big thing is yeah she goes to dive but she doesn't she, she dives when bumblebee falls and they just look at each other and she goes up but it's like make that useful like maybe she dives and saves his life or something but no she just dives and looks at him um like small things like that like that's a good example of just like little small missed opportunities here and there um i do understand your problem of like the whole middle section is there's very little action and stuff um, but I was weirdly invested enough in the characters that that was okay for me. Um, also what you said about John Cena, it's like, you know, they need a generic military antagonist and they don't have any names in this film. So I get why they did John Cena. Um, it does seem weird though, seeing John Cena in a serious role though, <laughs> because he's doing so many comedies lately, but I do feel like he's better, he's better off in a role like this. Like he should be doing more shit like this. Um, it's not going to make him the big household name he wants to be, but I feel like it's more suited to his look. Like seeing him as a dad in Blockers, as funny as that movie is, it's it's weird seeing him being a dad. You know, he suits. Yeah, he probably is. He's, he's probably a dad in real life, though. <laughs> yeah, but like he's not the average dad. He can't be playing the average. It's like remember how like Schwarzenegger did a series of comedy films. And he's trying to come off as like. The average everyday man. It's like, shut the fuck up. You're Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stop trying to be like me. Continue being Hercules and a literal god. I'm a normal like, human no being. Seen, like, like, would you pay my... Like, you don't want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger doing like an every like a full house or everybody loves Raymond sitcom. No, I want to see him kill like robot Marie. cyborg Nazis. Get him, get him fighting some like ninja zombies. Or some fucking, some, some, some alien mutants or some shit, you know? Anyways, anyways, I'm getting off the top, topic here. Um, this film obviously borrowed a lot from Spielberg at times. Um, not done a as little well, too obviously. Much. Um, very E.T., very, very E.T. 
But, you know, I, I miss those days of those action-adventure, lighthearted films. Like, the only other film I can think of that came out this year like that um, was, weirdly, The Predator, which is, like, a bit of a clash of tones, but they, they sort of went for that similar vibe, um, just more, way more mature version. And um, a Spielberg film, Ready Player One. Like, those films used to come out, like, by the numbers, you know? And Jumanji, if you count, that came out from this year. But, well, um, Super 8 and all that shit as well. No, but that wasn't and this it, year. You know, I'm trying to think. I'm oh, trying to you're think talking this, about this nah. year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, it did have vibes of that. But, you know, anyways, anyways, right. I'm getting off topic. Um, So I am a bit, I, I was more forgiving for this film than I usually am. And I do feel like with the new designs for the robots, because they're more simplistic and they're less little gadget parts moving all over the place. And the fact that. I feel like the camera is, they're very more reserved. Like they're willing to go further back and stuff like that. I usually with the Transformer films feel have trouble like understanding where the general spacing and blocking of where the characters are in relation to each other. And it makes it very disorienting for me. But this I had, I didn't really have that problem um, for the most part. And like we previously said, that opening scene's fucking great. In fact, I really like the voice of Bumblebee. I was disappointed he didn't get to talk for the rest of the film. Like I would have preferred if they took. I know this would have like ruined a lot of the jokes and stuff, but if they got if they kept him with a voice until like halfway through, I would have appreciated that because I actually really liked him um, communicating. But I understand why they didn't do that. Um, totally understand what you mean about like retreading familiar ground. But you know what? I've seen the same shit happen with Spider Man. You know, I've seen the same shit happen with Batman's parents dying. You know, I'm start. It's, it's sad, but I'm starting to get used to seeing familiar shit before. But I do feel like it was executed well for the most part. Um, but that being said, like, I'm only going to give it like a, oh, I'm going to say seven out of 10. I was going to get a six, but so you're not the things that hold it me. back. Yeah. But the things that hold it back are kind of similar to what you say. It's a lot of very generic shit. It is pretty average at times. It's nothing too crazy that we haven't seen before. And there's very, some clunky moments, which are common with like these PG films, you know, some jumps in logic that don't really make sense every now and then. I'm not as picky about it as you are, but I do recognize that is a bit of an issue. Um, and there were some jokes that fell flat, but I feel like most of them worked, especially the cutesiness ones. Like, I like how he's kind of like a puppy dog at times. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a, it's a, it's a well-made, like this type of film is a little generic, but it's well-made, but I probably won't remember it in three years. So mm. I'm going to give it like a, a, a seven out of 10. Yeah. Cool. Um, I do have one more thing that was bugging the fuck out of me that I forgot to mention. So, the continuity of this movie is fucking with me big time. So, like I said, I like that it's a prequel and I like that it leads into a lot of shit from 2007, uh, like the 2007 Transformers. Oh, I know what you're getting at, yeah. Optimus Prime is walking around at the end of this movie and it bugs the fuck out of me because we see him land uh, in the in 2007. And, like, you can say that, oh, maybe it's kind of like a soft reboot, but it's not because, like, Travis Knight just in an, in an interview talks about, oh, we originally did, like, G- G1 Megatron, um, but this is a quote. I had this whole thing boarded where we're where we're seeing Megatron and he comes in like Sauron, just blowing shit up and laying waste to everything. However, we then realized in this world, Megatron is currently frozen on Earth as seen in 2007's Transformers. So that was out. Like, what? You can have Optimus Prime, but not Megatron? It well, doesn't make sense. I have a, I believe what they're doing. It's kind of like a solo movie thing. Oh, solo. That was an action adventure. Um, but yeah, um, I believe it's kind of like, you know, if they don't make enough solo, it's kind of like, oh, well, how come Darth Maul's still alive? You haven't done anything like that. Like, those things, they're so small, they could get rid of that with, like, one line of dialogue in a sequel, you know? 
But I can understand how it could be a little annoying to you or to like disrespecting to like the source material. But I feel like that's an easy thing to explain. Like maybe you're meant to feel like, oh, how are they going to explain that in the sequel? I, I don't know. Um, oh, but one minor complaint too. Someone else mentioned this to me. I can't remember who it was, but it's such a strong and good point. The final two scenes of the film. So it ends on um, the two main human characters sort of falling in love together and like, or whatever, like hold hands or some shit. Ugh. And there's another scene, which feels like the ending of the film of Optimus Prime and Bumblebee driving off together. But then it cuts to them and it's kind of a weird cut. And it just feels like those two scenes should be swapped around. Like it should have been ending on them driving off together rather than the, the girl and the guy. It seems like a weird editing choice. Like you, you would think it'd be the other way around. I don't know. That's a minor gripe though. Um, it obviously doesn't really affect my final thoughts of the film. Oh, also small, small little uh, thing. The, the mum, um, forget the actress's name, but she was a lot in Louie, um, which obviously we're not going to get many more of that. But she was really great in Louie, and it's cool to see her in this as well. Cool. But yeah, anyways, let's move on to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This would be, first we'll do, are we going to go straight spoilers? We're going to do, do non-spoilers and spoilers. Okay. And this will also feature a little bit from some friends uh, that we'll talk about soon. But this is our review for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Dad, I love you. That's, That's a copy. copy. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear of the Super Collider? You're gonna love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. Okay. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Um, you know, when I first heard uh, Sony was doing animated Spider-Man thing, um, my expectations weren't high. But dude, this is one of my favorite films of 2018. What do you reckon, bro? You and everyone, man. This thing, this thing is fucking killing it right now. Like critically, yeah. um, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure about the box office, but um, everyone who's seen this movie is loving this shit. Like this is, this is awesome. Um, It'll be. I know it's just so weird to say this, but Spider-Man definitely deserves a nomination for the Oscars uh, for best animated category, obviously. But that's. But you know, it's so well deserved, and it's so weird how good it is. Um, I think we should also mention. Um, full disclosure. Um, you and me when seeing this film. Same with Bumblebee. Um, terrible movie going experience. The worst. I know we were, I know we've already talked about it, but same cinema, no aircon, um, not as many kids in this one as it was for Bumblebee, but uh, pretty terrible uh, experience, but a great movie. Um, do you want to kick things off, bro? Um, you know what? Let's start with you. You can you can do this because uh, I know. I mean, because Spider Man's your fucking bag, dude. Like this is all you. Well, the, the the problem is with me talking about this film is like. There's so much to praise it for. I don't know where the fuck to start. Um, so yeah, this is this is um, non-spoilers, obviously. But um, okay, first of all, uh, I've already covered it. Um, this script is so tight. Um, I think by far, in my opinion, the best script since Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Two, and it may even surpass that. Admittedly, with um, animation, you can kind of get away with a lot more. Um, and it's very easy to get more emotional easier, I think, with animation. But still, like, this is the one of the best, if not the best Spider-Man feature film script ever. It's fucking incredible. Um, I love all the characters. Um, I know you may disagree with me a little bit on Miles, but I, I love Miles as a character. I think he's so, like, realistic. And it's, like, one of the very few 
examples I've seen in um, modern films where I feel like they accurately portray like what someone from like today's youth is like. Um, dude, I, I I love all the side characters, all the Spider Verse, um, Spider Man. Um, like Nick Cage is hilarious. Um, I love. Um, I absolutely love John Mulaney. Um, Jake Johnson is like I love that guy. Everything he touches is amazing to me. But he he he's really great for this character. Um, just the whole script, the way it works, like the, you know the, the typical. His journey sort of arc and everything. It just it's so executed so flawlessly. It's legitimately very funny. Um and while it is a kid's film, it doesn't feel like a kid's film too much, uh, which is great. Um this also goes full comic book. Like I feel like they out Marvel Marvel. Like by doing this whole alternate universe stuff, like like they said Guardians Galaxy and Marvel had all gloves off. No, this does. In fact, this is even out Deadpool's Deadpool, I feel, with the style. Um it it it's so incredible the way they've they've taken this. I love the animation style. Um, I have heard some complaints from some people, and admittedly, I understand it's, um, it's very different. Um, I've never seen a style like this before. I did some research on it. Apparently, um, a lot of it comes down to um, they, they not chose not to use motion blur, which most animated stuff does and CGI does. And the reason they chose to do that was um, to make it more comic booky. I think. Um, but yeah, dude, I love all the characters in this. I love all the voice performances. I love this script. And the Easter eggs, bro. Like they, they even they even out Easter egg Marvel films. Um, good on Sony Pictures, man. Like, and Sony Animation does not have a good rap in my books. I'm not a big fan of them. Um, I think you know a lot of credit does belong to um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Um, and the director of this, whose name is escaping me, um, Bob Bob Parashetti and Peter Ramsey. Yeah, like this has such a unique and Rod- Rodney Rothman. Sorry, three people. Yeah, so it's it's a full on team. Um, but it's just even crazy to think there's so many people involved, but it still has such a unified voice and unique voice too. Um, because it's it's not common. Like this film is more in common with something like Crank or Scott Pilgrim in my books. Um, especially Scott Pilgrim, then like it does like Spider-Man Homecoming. Although all the themes and character stuff is there. I still love Homecoming, but this film, uh, I'm rambling too much and it's hard to not talk about it with spoilers because there's so many great moments I'd love to talk about. But yeah, this is definitely one of the best films I've seen this year. Um, Probably a 9.5. I don't know if I'll ever give a 10 on this podcast, but uh, it could be a 9 or 9.5. But yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie, man. I can't wait for a thousand sequels, which they have already greenlit like three spinoffs because fucking Sony, right? <laughs> have they have have they actually greenlit a sequel? Um, a- there's there's a Spider Gwen film they're doing, and I think I read something else. Um, how about you lay down your thoughts, and I'll confirm that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> also, I, this uh, movie does set up for a sequel for sure. Oh yeah, it does. Um. But then, like, it also, like, the way it ends is also, like, uh, it can it can be a one and done as well. Yeah, um, like, and done it, very well, like. Yeah. Which is yeah, weird. Really I, well. don't, I don't expect someone like Sony to do that, especially after The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. This this movie is awesome, dude. Um, this, like, I, I agree on everything you said, uh, barring a few things uh, that I'll get to. Um, dude, the, the characters are fantastic, man. Um. The writing especially. Like, you can tell that this is written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller um, and Rodney Rothman, one of the directors. Uh, It actually, surprisingly, it's actually not written by Chris Miller um, because Phil Lord and Chris Miller usually work together, but um, they did both produce it. So, I don't know, I guess, you know, both of their influence is still there. Um, 
Yeah, man, the story is fantastic. Just the way they're able to do this otherworldly, really, really comic booky story justice. Like they're able to bring this really uh, like high, high concept, um, you know, different, different dimensions story uh, in a believable way and an entertainment, entertaining way. Um, like all of the characters just seem to seem to play their parts and they all like they're all this like it's just kind of like a well-oiled machine um just moving towards a climax and the climax is fantastic um i do i do have a couple of issues though um this movie's not perfect in my eyes um i think uh we watched it at a late night session um and this might have a lot to do with it but my uh, the the art style, as fantastic as it is, and as unique as it is, like I've never seen this kind of art style before. So, props to Sony for that shit, man. Like that 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 art style is absolutely beautiful. Um, it just it was a bit jarring at times, um, especially later during the climax when they're throwing everything they can at you, um, like all of all of all of the colors with all of the movement with all of the characters. It does get jarring, and they do fuck with the with the frame rate or the shutter speed. I guess you can't really call it the shutter speed because it's not a film, but they do fuck oh, with the frame they rate. They can do that. Oh well, whatever. Um, they do fuck with the frame rate, which is really. Uh, it's distracting and it's also, well, to me, maybe again, tired eyes. Uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't fun to watch. Um, and I'm not one of those people who does this or says this a lot. Like I can watch Michael Bay explosion movies for years, (laughs) but (laughs) the frame rate shit actually kind of made me felt a little, a little dizzy. Like I had to look away a couple of times and, uh, I, that's never really happened to me before. I recall Um, people also said that about the first Hobbit film. Because um, that was shot in like a forty-eight a frames, yeah, which is a very yeah. not traditional thing. I didn't mind that. <laughs> I mean, like I watched the first one and the second one in the forty-eight frames uh, per second thing, and I, I was fine with that. So, yeah. but it, th- it looked it looked like a t- TV movie, like a soap a soap yeah. movie. Um, I don't mean to interrupt you in it, but like I just no. for listeners' sake, um, I didn't have that problem. You did, but I have heard other people say they had the same issue you did. So I think it may mm. depend on. Different people's eyes. You know, I watched it while wearing glasses. Maybe that affects it. Who knows? Again, tired eyes. Like, we, yeah. we did watch the late night session, so that might have been a thing. And I do want to watch this again, man. I do. I, it does suck that we did go that late and I was a bit tired. We'd just done a podcast and, you know, I was a bit drained. So, I don't know. I do want to go check it out again. Um, the only other issue that I had... And you're obviously going to disagree with me on this, but um, sh- uh, the the main the main actor Shamik Moore, uh, who plays Miles Morales, who has been in Dope, uh, love that movie Dope. Um, he didn't really cut it for me. Uh, he just I found him a bit bored uh, and a bit. Um, <laughs> Like compared to compared to Jake Johnson or Mahershala Ali or John Mulaney or Nicolas Cage even like you know for his little 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 role in this movie, um, Shamik Moore just came off as a bit um, a bit a, a bit bland and like a bit wooden. Um, and, and that's not a that's absolutely not like you mentioned earlier like that I have a problem with Miles Morales. I don't. I don't have a problem with Miles Morales at all. Um, like that character is so well written and like his journey is fantastic um like like where he goes from point a to point b and where he ends up man like it is awesome 
it's just it's just for me it was Shamik Moore's sort of delivery of the lines, and I was just like, hey, he doesn't he doesn't sound as invested as the other the other actors do the other actors do. So I don't know, maybe it was just a again it might have just been me like being tired or some shit. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna have to see it again just to judge correctly. Um, but those those are the only two things. And look, those two things aren't massive. Like like I said, the animation was only at times, and it was only really towards the end. And Shamik Moore, look, he's not terrible at all. Like, he's he plays this character who pretty much all the other characters have to be... Have to have to be turned to a hundred because they're the ones that are teaching Miles. Whereas Miles is the is the one who is being taught. He kind of has to be a bit more, you know, a bit more. I, I don't know. No, I don't want to say one note. He's the apprentice to them as Jedi's, but he's right. also the straight man to their funny right. man. Like all the other Spider Man in this film, Spider right, exactly. people, they're meant to be there for comedic purposes and stuff. Or he's there, sort of like the serious one. Right, um, exactly. But, you know, you know, I'll, I'll tell you something real quick, real interesting, which kind of contradicts what you're saying, but you might find it interesting. Um, there was an interview on, I don't know, one of the talk shows with Jake Johnson, and he actually was talking about how he was getting sick of Hollywood and he was sort of losing faith, but it was Shaquille Moore who um, actually revitalized his enthusiasm because he was apparently really enthusiastic behind the scenes. Um, but you know what? Like, that doesn't mean whatever he did behind the scenes doesn't mean it affects his performance in your eyes or anything. But um, I just thought that was a, that's an interesting thing to point out. No, that is um, interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it might have, again, it might have just been me. I don't know. Uh, and uh, hey, man, you're entitled to your opinion, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's that's like the that's the highbrow way of saying you're fucking wrong, dickhead. <laughs> well, I thought he was amazing, but I'm not going to judge you for it, you know? I, it's I, it's I, not I, like I you're out here. It's not like you're out here saying, like, I don't know. It's a bad film because I had music or something stupid like that, you know. No, which is actually it, another thing. I love the soundtrack for this film, by the way. Um, oh yeah, that's, the music that's and besides, the soundtrack yeah. is fantastic, man. Like it, it really it complements the visuals so well because the visuals are stunning, so the music has to be stunning. Also, um, I, I'm uh, sorry, sorry. You finish your thoughts, and I'll no, no, you're right. Okay. Oh, just I feel like we've talked a little bit lately about licensed music in film, and I feel especially like a lot in Creed of- Two. Yeah, but like, uh, even actually, you know, I even saw it in the beginning of Bumblebee, oh, near the beginning of Bumblebee, and um, oh, there's a terrible, there's that terrible Aquaman track going around now with Pitbull, but uh, that's besides the point. Uh, basically, I feel like licensed songs sometimes they're not used in the best way these days. Um, but this movie shows how it's supposed to be done. Like they just pick the right tracks for the right times. Like they they you they're treated like the score is supposed to be like they're they're in the right tone and stuff. Sure, it might be post Malone or whatever, but it feels right for the scene. Like they've clearly put in actual care into their soundtrack and with what they who they worked with and stuff. And um, it feels really modern. And it I don't know somehow uh, I feel like the soundtrack really reinforces the Miles character, just like how in Guardians of the Galaxy the soundtrack reinforces um the character of Peter Quill. Like in the same way, like. It's completely different styles of music, actually, on the opposite ends of the spectrum. But I feel like they, in a way, service the character and they give the film a more of a unique voice. Um, I know that's not a that's a weird thing to compliment a film for the way they use license tracks. But when you look at something like Creed Two, like it's it's not bad in Creed Two. It's just not done as well. I think. Well, actually, for you, it was, it was bad because you feel like it took you out of the moment. Um, for me, 
it felt a little out of place at times in Creed 2, but in this film it was perfectly done, I think. No, for Creed 2, I was just comparing it to the first one because the first one doesn't use as much licensed music. It uses a score a bit more. Right. Um, but, like, dude, yeah, d- definitely the licensed music in this is awesome. But, I mean, this score is fucking awesome as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, without right? without getting into spoilers, uh, especially um, the, the Prowler has an amazing theme. Um, mm. Like, every time he's kind of, like, being chased and shit like that, it, it's awesome. It's really great. So, um, but look, dude, those are my thoughts. I would give it, um, I'm the heel, um, I think, out of all us four. I mean, you've got 9.5, and we're about to find out the boys' score. I already know them. Uh, But uh, I'm 8.5. And look, it might get better as it goes. Uh, It probably just was that first first experience um, that just didn't really really cut it for me as much as it is for everyone else. Hey, bro, Um, that's still a positive review. Dude, 8.5 is glowing, dude. Like, guys. Yeah. Guys, go go fucking watch this movie and treat it as a treat it as an actual film. Like, don't dismiss it because it's an animated film. Um, it, I it hate definitely- it when people don't I know, give I credit know. to animated films. I Guys, it- like in my mind, animated films are often better than live action because it's you can express. Like, so artistically, you can express so much more with animation at times, you know? So, if anything, I hold sometimes animation to even higher standard. Not all the time, but, like, you know, Pixar's got their own shelves, like, their own bar to surpass, you know? Um, anyway, but, as I was yeah, saying. Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. 8.5. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But, yeah, no, you, dude, you, you, you're totally right. Like, uh, um, oftentimes, dude, animated films, they do get the shaft. Like, they do... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's animated and because people know, oh, it's not going to be as violent or as adult as, like, a, an actual live-action film. Um, I think because people, maybe they, like, subconsciously connect it to children's films. But, like, well, just because something's not rated MA-15 or R-18... Doesn't mean it's a bad film. Well, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I am usually apprehensive to approach um, animated films. Like that's just me. Um, I like I like I usually do like darker shit um, and, and things like that. But like movies like Coco or, or or Toy Story or The Incredibles or this like changes that perspective for me. And these are the kinds of movies that I bring up to people. And I'm like, have you seen this movie? Because if you haven't, then shut the fuck up. You have no yeah. idea what animated films are about. But anyway, yeah. 8.5, let's yeah. move on to spoilers. Uh, I, I, like to, I just want to add, because I thought you just brought up an interesting point real quick about animation. Like, for me, I think I pre, if I am prejudging, it's basically based on who made it. Like, I'm really nervous about the Super Mario movie coming up because by Illumination, who do the Minion films, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, that's a bit too uh, for me. Um, so I think it really does for me come down to its co. It's coming from some like anime studio, like you know whatever, um, like Studio Ghibli. Then I've gonna hold it to another standard, like like Pixar or whatever. But yeah, and, and as I said before, Sony Animation. I don't love their stuff, but I fucking love this film. Anyways, um, let's move it along. So we got a little special treat for you guys. Before we get into spoilers, we got some friends that want to have also share their opinion. Uh, Colin, Danny who also saw it together on the other side of the equator. They're going to drop um, some knowledge. They're going to talk about what they thought about it. They will start with non-spoilers, just like us, but then they will move into spoilers. Don't worry. They will warn you about it. Um, I know it seems uh, kind of ironic doing this after we just did a full spoiler thing for Bumblebee, but YOLO, you'll live. Um, and then once they're done, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what we thought about it with spoilers before wrapping things up. So without further ado, Danny and Colin, take it away. Hey, guys, what's going on? Uh, Colin here, kind of jumping in with my good friend, Danny. Hello, Danny. How are you? I'm doing good. What about you, man? 
I'm doing well. Uh, we're just jumping in quick on this episode. Uh, you know, Matt and Zoheb were nice enough to throw us a bone and put us on an upcoming attractions. Uh, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Flip the globe <laughs> over to the east side. <laughs> um, or the west side. No, yeah. which one? <laughs> I, don't fucking, I don't know. It's USA! USA! <laughs> no, um, but no, hi. Uh, it's it's great to be on an upcoming attractions. Uh, Danny, this is the first one I think you've ever been on. Am I wrong? Uh, you're usually wrong, but I think you're right about this one. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Excellent. That, that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, given my current track record, but uh, I, think, I think I was on here one time for just introducing me, but Matt didn't let me talk a lot, so <laughs> that's pretty normal. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, love you, Matt. Um, but yeah, we are super excited to talk about Into the Spider Verse. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, unfortunately, due to scheduling things, we all couldn't get on the same page at the same time. But that's okay. You know, that's the glory of editing. Um, so Danny and I are just going to have a quick conversation about it. Um, you know, and just yeah, because literally, we we went and saw this. I guess we can just jump right in. We went and saw this in the theaters together. We we're sitting like right next to each other, and yep. dude, within like thirty seconds. I was just like, there's that movie called Overcomer that's coming out, and I just, I, I couldn't help it, dude. I'm like 12. I just fucking started laughing What's my weird? ass off. I couldn't tell if you were laughing about that or not. Oh, dude, I was fucking losing my shit. I'm laughing about it. I'm laughing about it right now because it popped up and it went away, and then the next green screen popped up for the next preview. And I'm laughing, and I don't know if it's normal to laugh at that or not, because it looked like a real serious kind of movie. I don't even remember the premise of it. And I couldn't tell if you were laughing or not. And, I, and my wife was, so I looked over at her, and she was kind of like, like, what are you laughing about? So then I thought, oh, maybe I really should be laughing. I looked over at you, and <laughs> you're doing the same exact thing. as We're not even, even going to talk about Spider-Man, because Overcomer is the new movie. Yeah, right. Um, no, 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 Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, I, I, I fucking loved this. This was a total left hook for me. I didn't see this coming at all. I'm not usually a huge fan of like um, animated, more geared towards a younger audience, you know, movies. I love, you know, uh, The Dark Knight Returns animated, The Death of Superman, uh, Flashpoint Paradox, all these classic comic books getting turned into these animated movies. So I was a little skeptical when I, when I went in, but dude, this thing fucking floored me. I thought it was great. Uh, did not expect to see fucking Nicolas Cage in there, like John Mulaney. And I was like, dude, what the hell <laughs> yeah. is going on with this cast? This is crazy. I accidentally uh, saw Nick Cage credited before we went. But after I saw that, I stopped scrolling. I wanted to be surprised by everybody else. Yeah, dude. And he, I mean, he is such a gem in, that, in this movie. But uh, all he's in a all, great character. Yeah, I, I fucking I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, you know, stylistically, the choices that they went with uh, very like futuristic retro, but like all in its own thing. That's very like Matt or Mate, however you want to say that, like yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah. In the credits, I remember you you quoted you were like you were talking to your girlfriend. You're like, I don't know what to call this like style. It's almost like Matt, like maybe Matt style. And she she isn't she have an art background. Is that what it is? Do what? Does does your girlfriend she have an art background? Um, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought you were referencing her for some type of like art. No, background. no, You're no. Like, she's just a lot smarter. Or? She's a lot smarter than me, oh, and she yeah. knows a lot of big words <laughs> like mete that I don't know. <laughs> and right when you got done saying that, no shit, in the middle of the credits, it said Matt Department. <laughs> yeah, it was like Matte Department. I was like, what the fuck, man? Um, it but was either perfect time. Timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but either way, uh, I thought it was great. Stylistically, the acting, the humor, the pacing, everything was just so fast and fluid and it didn't bog down at all. But I mean, what did you think? 
I, you skipped over referencing something when you're talking about the artwork. I'm going to steal from you. It's a game we played a lot in the past, but Jet Set Radio Future, right when uh, we got yeah. into it, like 10 minutes in, you said, man, it feels like Jet Set Radio Future. I went, fuck yeah, that's exactly it. And if anybody's played that game, it's an Xbox, like original Xbox mm-hmm. game. You, you inline skated around an open world. Uh, but you tagged everything graffiti wise and you had like your own gang and, and like you could change the character you're playing as and they all had their own unique moves. It was really cool. And it followed the style really well. But the Jets at Radio version is like super almost like way more cartoonish. This one is way more like computer. I feel like uh, a more uh, a sharper kind of images trying to not look like a cartoon, trying to almost look real. And I, I love the style of it. I, I definitely probably one of the favorite parts of it. Um, other things it's like it almost uh, the way that they jump in and out of, uh, you know, universes in terms of the theme of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they also changed the theme of how they're like showing you the movie. There's times where it feels like a normal like Marvel movie. And then I don't read comics, but then there's times where it almost felt like a comic book because they had pains of text, what they were thinking, uh, which is really cool. So it almost the way that it uh, was trying to be different Spider-Man universes, it was also doing a lot of different Spider-Man styles throughout the whole thing. So everything had the interwoven theme of uh, multiple like universes and styles all coming together and working together. Real well, and, uh, I picked up on that. It was really great. So. Uh, the soundtrack was really, really great. Yes. And uh, I, yeah, yeah. I was actually listening to it, waiting for you to get on on Spotify uh, <laughs> and was skipping through a lot of songs. They're really good. I, I love the whole soundtrack. And there's other songs that were on there that uh, I picked up that were sampled in the movie that weren't even on that soundtrack that I know they're a great song. So, like, even the soundtrack almost sells the movie short of how good the music is on there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> much like uh, Jet Set Radio Future. I mean, uh, literally, I cannot. It's, this movie's like the mm. gorillas and Jet Set Radio Future had a baby. Like, it's like the closest. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. The stylistically, color, everything. It just masks so well. But um, I think we're going to jump into some spoilers real quick. We'll give you guys just a, a second to get the fuck out if you don't want to hear any, they any spoilers from this. die in the end. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dano shows up and all of them just, you know, there's the snap <laughs> and it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That happens in every universe, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, jumping into some spoilers, really. Uh, this, I, I just, I thought this movie was fantastic. I thought it really reminded me of uh, a Spider-Man cartoon that I watched when I was a kid. Spider-Man: The Animated Series. It came out in like 1994. It ran for about five seasons. It's really, really, really good. Hmm. And they have an animated episode about. Um, there's like, uh, there's like six different Spider-Men that show up, and one of them has like a metal suit, and another one has Doc Ock's arms. Uh, another one actually, oh. another one actually has eight arms. Like he's not a spider. He just has has eight arms. Um, there's there's one universe where it's just a Peter Parker who's an actor and he plays Spider Man in like a TV show. He's like, dude, yeah, I'm Spider Man, but like, I'm just an actor. He's like, I'm not, I don't have powers and stuff. Like, that's a, this, that's a creative twist. That's cool. Yeah, it was a really really good episode. If uh, I just I grew up watching that on. I was a Fox kid growing up in the '90s, so I watched a lot of Fox Kids, Power Rangers, and you know, Big Bag Beetleborgs and shit like that. Um, <laughs> and Spider Man: The Animated Series was really my only kind of window into that until the Sam Raimi movies came out. I wasn't a really big comic book reader as a kid, but I I love the way that this movie handled all, like you said, handled all of these different universes. They all feel their own. They feel lived in. They feel real. They feel like you can breathe in them, especially. Yeah, and I don't want to be a testament of those being authentic to whatever like pre- like source material they're drawn from. You could just tell yeah. from watching it that it was diving into totally different styles. Um, and, and now that we're in spoilers, of course, 
one of those styles is a is a noir version of him. I is that a comic? Is that something from? Oh, you talking Shells? about uh, the noir Spider Man? Yeah, Nick, Nicholas now, Cage's character. They, they do have one, but I believe it's like a French noir Spider Man. It's not, it's not like nineteen thirties, oh, like yeah. like well, knocking out Nazis big, and stuff. Here's a real big spoiler: Nicholas Cage does not speak in a French accent. And no, if that's what you're <laughs> but dude, I will say this is this is actually one of the best Nicholas Cage roles I have seen in a long time. The, he was the shit fucking he says hilarious, is dude. Fucking hilarious, yeah. <laughs> when he, cause, he was, he's boy, like, he's like everything. I, I move with the wind, and like they're all, they're staring at him in the ceiling, going, "There's no wind in here, has there?" Yeah. <laughs> right, like, and he, he can only see him black and white because he's an war character. And, yeah, uh, but he's perplexed by a Rubik's cube. Yeah, he's like, I'm, uh, I'm gonna take this thing with me and uh, try to figure it out. <laughs> I don't uh, understand it, but I'll conquer it one day. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize in advance. By the way, I've been sick for like two days. I'm super congested. My throat, my voice sounds like a catcher's mitt. I just sound terrible. Um, All I've thought about is how terrible you sound. I'm not um, even having fun recording this. <laughs> I've literally, I've literally just been jamming fucking chopsticks in my ears trying to get away from you um it almost sounds like you have your knuckles in your nose <laughs> dude i know it's terrible i'm so no. congested but it, you don't sound that bad you, you sound okay it's all right thanks babe um yeah, yeah. but um but yeah i thought i thought they did a great job like i said stylistically the way they the way they handle mm-hmm. all the tragedy and all of the spider people's lives uh every, everybody spider loses <laughs> everybody well, loses something people yeah, everyone does lose up. And why is it just spider people? Though? Yeah, it's a spider hand. For, yeah. for some reason. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help but thinking about Spider Pig from the Simpsons movie. Oh, if you've dude. ever watched that. I literally, I just called him Spider Pig. That's all I, I called I him. I didn't know what his real name was. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, yeah they, they did a great job jumping in between different styles. Um, it, you know, you're and definitely a lot more um, weight in the movie. In the beginning, you, you were saying, I don't really look for kids movies and that's not really my thing. And I totally, I guess I get it. There's a lot of good Pixar stuff that comes up, but uh, usually uh, they gun, uh, I think is really what you're saying. This type of movie more towards like a younger audience. But right. um, yeah. I feel like if you were younger, you probably wouldn't enjoy it as much as if you were older. There's so much more you, you understand and get with it. Um, but I had such a fun time just uh, getting to watch everything. It was uh, everything come together. It was cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, especially the let's just talk cameos for a second. Fucking mm-hmm. Stan Stan Lee's last Marvel appearance. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I think that he's was... recorded his stuff for uh, Captain Marvel and maybe the other. Avengers, oh, okay, right, yeah, dude. I I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. I really do because I think that they'll somehow find a way to like Princess Leia Rogue One him and a lot of stuff. You know, I and I I don't know. That might seem disrespectful. To some I don't know. I don't. I personally don't think so. But. <laughs> Seeing him it, in. it becomes a thing like in America, they have the KFC campaign that they were doing for a short while where there was no actual face of the colonel of KFC chicken. It was a different famous actor or actress every time. Uh, oh, so, yeah. yeah, maybe they'll do that with Stan Lee. It'll, you know, everyone's crazy about Idris Elba. Idris Elba will be Stan Lee in one of these. <laughs> right, like, oh, dude. my God, it's him. I <laughs> uh, dude, fucking Brian Cranston needs to pull that biopic <laughs> off, dude. Like for real. But uh, his cameo was was just wonderful, man. It was it was I mean, one of the top yeah. best mo- best moments of this movie. Uh just because I'm mean, usually laughing most of the time and everyone shut the fuck up when he started talking. Dude, yeah, there was that? Yes, dude. And, and it was quiet for like probably like two or three minutes after that scene, even though they were talking about other stuff, you're like lingering, you know. 
Right. Yeah. Absolutely. There was. There was. There was not. Dare I say, not a not a dry eye in the place. Like so many people. Like Lindsay was like <gasps> when it happened, and I. I mean, it, it kind of drew me back too. I was like, oh shit. Like you. Like you forget because I. I mean, I don't go and see a lot of Marvel movies, so I forgot about him. And, and that, uh, that blows me away because I. I don't know. I feel like if you see these and see the caliber of them, you would be so enticed to go see some of the other ones. Uh, that came beforehand, especially like the MCU ones are just nailing it. I'm sure I will at some point. I'll catch back up. But but really, I mean, if I had to give this movie a rating, I mean, def- definitely. I don't know, man. I might just say a 10 out of 10. It's one of the best movies I've seen this year. It was it, the like I said, the editing was fantastic. They smashed cut a lot of stuff. The humor was insane. I mean, the, for how serious and how action packed this movie is, it was just nuts how fucking funny it was. And it's yeah, so and- it's so hard to be an action movie, you know, have a have some kind of deep connection there and, and we like especially the the Peter Parker that cut that the first shows up that we get to know I mean we're, I, I was so attached to him by the end of this movie they did such a great job with making him yeah. seem so fleshed out um, but yeah, Jake, I, Jake John, Ryan Jake Johnson is that his real name I think so I think so but he's from New Girl and he's so good in that if you haven't watched that it's him and Zoe Deschanel and a few other people that are also really very talented comedians it's great oh yeah um but all in all, yeah, I'm just going to say a 10 out of 10. I can't think of anything I didn't like about it. I mean, the Prowler and Wilson Fisk and Leif Schreibner as Wilson, Wilson Fisk. I mean, there's just so much stuff to love about it. But I mean, what 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 would you give this? Uh, man, I didn't take my eyes off the screen the whole time. And I love the soundtrack. I love the whole style of it. Every single person that showed up, I was really happy about. I had a common misconception. My wife and I pick on Common because we really like him, but he shows up in fucking every movie right now. <laughs> and when he and when the uh, uncle shows up and it sounded like him, I was like, fuck, is this Common again? Um, but it was actually a Mahershala Ali, which I really yeah. also like. Uh, he's awesome in uh, first season House of Cards that I think we stopped watching after that. And then uh, as Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. Anyway, I loved every single person that showed up, the art style, the music. Uh, yeah. I agree. Call ten it. out of ten. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was pretty fucking good. I mean, dude, this really already, this almost has like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is it is a fucking knockout. And, and I, I, another great indicator, if people surely already do this, I have been doing this for I think a while now. When I picked up on it, but you can usually tell if it's a really solid movie if critics and audiences both agree that it's a really fun movie. Right. Sometimes there's really awkward shit, and it's like. Uh, critics love it but then people just don't get it and then they're upset about it so it, this isn't one of those cases it's like no one's standing up going i didn't like it <laughs> right yeah it's it's kind of like generally across the board has been accepted really well but yeah. um but yeah i mean have you i i don't know if the listeners have ever heard our australian accents our our impressions do you want to try to do one real quick uh i don't know i don't want to offend anybody oh god come on it's not it's not gonna offend anybody right <laughs> no, I doubt it. All right. So count of three. Give us your best out Australian accent, okay? Word. Okay. One, two, two, three. three. G'day, mate. Oh, come on, buddy. How you doing, Bazza? <laughs> oh, mate. Fucking kangaroos and Steve Irwin and Crocodile Dundee and mate. all that fucking shit. How you, how you doing? How you doing, cunt? Mate, I am fair dinkum struth, mate. Uh, mate. Oh, mate, love- that's so fucking good to how. Mate. How good, how good are our Australian accents? Like, mate, seriously. G'day, mate. Like, straight up, mate. I, I like surfing. I like, um, I like putting a shrimp on the barbie. I, mate, mate. I mate, like. Mate, 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 I'm, mate, I'm, mate, I'm, mate, I'm currently, mate. 
I'm currently being bitten by a hundred spiders right now. Like that is happening. Oh, yeah, because we're in Australia, we have six million spiders, mate. Yeah, we, we have six million spiders. Yeah, we got a little kiwi there. <laughs> just got just got back from Bondi Beach. That's fucking happening. Fucking Hugh Jackman, mate. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman, Russell uh, Crowe, <laughs> Russell Crowe. Who the fuck else is Australian? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, seriously, um, it's uh, we don't want to get we don't want to get confused. Um, that that really that wasn't uh, Colin and Danny. That was us. That was Zoe and Zoe and Matt. Just letting you know before you get confused. All right, come I on. Know, don't. I know it's hard to believe. It's I gonna know be you, tough. You must be so shocked and surprised. But that act, the accents aren't that good. Like that no. was us pretending to be there. Th- like let me explain one. a bit Just letting, like, yeah. I, I don't think I understand it. Like I think we need to explain it even more. Nah, I'm kidding. Yeah, let's no, no, no. Seriously, let's draw them a diagram and post it in the after party. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but guys, we're here with uh, spoiler thoughts on uh, Into the Spider Verse. Um, you're obviously you've obviously just heard the spoiler thoughts of Danny and Colin, so you know that this is spoilers. Um, and yeah, here we fucking go, Matt. What are your spoiler thoughts, dude? Give us a, give us, give us a few thoughts, and uh, give us some, some like kind of like a rebuttal on like what uh, what you thought of Danny and Colin's thoughts as well. Well, I gotta admit, I, I I pretty much agree with them with a lot of that stuff. Um, one thing I did notice, um, Colin did mention about the animated series. Um, for those who aren't aware, it's totally worth looking up on YouTube. Um, and I fucking loved that show back in the day as a kid. Um, yeah, they sort of did something very similar with the, um, final two episodes of the animated series. Um, when all these different Spider-Men were brought together by a character called Madam Webb. And, uh, she was voiced by Stan Lee's wife. And it ended in a really beautiful way where, um, Spider-Man, after always being treated like shit, um, and like a menace society. <coughs> excuse me. Um, Jesus. he gets, yeah, he gets taken to a... Uh, another world, another universe where he's a comic, famous comic book character and he gets to meet Stan Lee, which was, uh, as a kid, for me, like the coolest thing ever to see. Um, did anything else stand out to you from their, from their little chat? What? Did anything else stand out to you from their little chat that you want to? Oh, um, <laughs> I was like, what? Um, no, uh, I, I do have a few things that I just wanted to clean up um, because, you know, we're the nerds, not them. Those are, <laughs> they're, they're, they're fucking casuals. All right. <laughs> Dude, Colin and Danny, I had to look up the movie Overcomer <laughs> because yeah. that's a hilarious title. Um, it looks like a serious, like low budget indie movie, which is hilarious. Um, Jet- okay, so Col- Danny mentioned that the movie reminded him of Jet Set Radio Future, or I kind of, I don't know. Yeah, um, that's the video it- game. Yeah, it's a game. Yeah, okay. I- I'd never heard of it, uh, but this this actually reminded me a lot of Borderlands, like the art style. So Borderlands, uh, it's it's cel shaded. Uh, but it's also kind of like a unique take um, and this isn't a hundred percent like that but it is very similar it's really unique like a 3d kind of like sort of a cartoony take um and that it, that's honestly what really reminded me of borderlands like that art style drew me into borderlands in the first place and like obviously the gunplay and the gameplay um kept me kept me in that game that game's incredible um so, uh, Spider-Man Noir is a thing. That is a comic. So, yes. um, I just wanted to confirm that, uh, before that gets lost. So, um, it was also heavily featured as a playable character in the video game, um, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. And yep. he's a costume and skin in the latest, um, 
Spider-Man PS4 um, Yeah, game. I love that costume, dude. It's fucking badass. And uh, by the it's fucking way- It's basically Batman. I, when he popped up on screen, and like, look, he's voiced by Nicolas Cage, which is awesome. But then like Nicolas Cage like talks about uh, like like who he is, and he's like, 1941, fighting Nazis. I'm like, what? This is a thing. Can this please be a movie? Like that That's right up my fucking alley, man. Uh, Spider-Man speak- fighting Nazis? Yeah. Speaking of um, Spider-Man spinoffs, I did look it up. So they've confirmed a sequel for Spider-Verse about that's meant to expand on Miles' story. And they've also confirmed a spin-off starring Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, Spider-Woman, whatever you want to call her. Um, yeah. But, you know, fingers Badass. crossed for a Spider-Man noir film as well. That would oh, be dude, incredible. I will be all about that shit, it was, man. It was- they, they treated him like they do with Batman in the Lego movie. <laughs> like, making fun <laughs> of how dark and serious he is. Darkness. No parents. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Colin, Colin, your idea for Brian Cranston as Stan Lee, please make that happen, Marvel. Let that yeah. happen. Um, um, guys, that is actually sure. um, inspired by, I think he's, he's got it from, a, there's a meme going around with like a fan-made poster of Brian Cranston as Stan Lee. He looks uncanny as it. It's great. Definitely look it up. Um, yeah. I want to see that film for sure. I'll look it up, dude. Like, that's fucking- I want to see that. Uh, maybe- I think Brian Cranston has kind of, like, meaner looking features than Stan Lee, because Stan Lee's a bit of a- he looks like a softie, whereas Brian uh, Cranston- man, that guy, he's a genius. You've seen him Malcolm in the middle? He can play, like, oh, lighthearted. Yeah. He can do that. He's oh, got yeah, no, range, bro. That guy's got range. You don't have to tell um, me he's got range, man. Breaking Bad's yeah. one of my favourite shows. I know, um, I know, I know. So, um, but back uh, to this, um, well, dude, I got, I got so- a couple more. I got a couple more. Oh, oh, oh sorry. So, Colin, um, that first Spidey is Chris Pine. Um, sorry, it's Chris Pine. It's not uh, Jake Johnson. So, um, that's the first one. Like that, that they, that you know, that's the one that's in Miles's universe, um, which is cool. You know, Chris Pine. Yeah, like I like. If Chris I Pine. had to come up with one criticism, and it's just so minor, it would might be the fact that the Ultimate Universe and Amazing Universe, which is the Chris Pine and Jack Johnson Spider Mans, they're a little too similar. And if you and like, because he's not. Sure, he's chubby, but he's not that chubby. It oh, they di- look similar, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a moment where it took me a moment to adjust. Oh, they're different people. But that was so minor, like, so minor. And they did do a good job of differentiating it, but they just, in design, look similar. Yeah, yeah. They they definitely look similar, but um, they didn't- I mean, like, they were worlds apart, like, in terms of, like, how they acted. Um, and, and they're also worlds apart, as in universes apart. Hilarious. In, yeah. You mean dimensions apart? Dimension. Yeah, well, you know, I I don't want to over nerd it because I am chasing a <laughs> clearly chasing a comedic career here. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny, uh, my last note, um, dude, I thought it was common as well. Like, like seriously, I thought the prowler was common. Yeah. Uh, I was like, holy shit! I turned to I turned to Matt and I'm like, is that common? Because it looks like <laughs> common and it sounds like common, so it might be common. But no, it turns out it's. Someone even better, someone who I like a lot more. I mean, like, you know, Common's awesome, but Mahershala Ali, dude, I fucking love this guy. My namesake, like, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. This guy, that's this his guy's second, badass. That's his second Marvel um, property now. Yeah, well. after Luke Cage, it was Cottonmouth, yeah. um, as Danny mentioned. But he's <laughs> awesome, dude. Um, so, those are my notes. So, get into your spoiler thoughts uh, about uh, um, Spider-Verse. Something I was too scared to sort of touch upon, because I was scared I'll get into spoiler territory before, is one of the best things about this film, what makes it work so well, is how three-dimensional all the characters are. Um, I know it's ironic talking about, like, a film that's trying to look 2D when it's not, but, like, um, all the characters, like, they've got very clear motivations. They've all got little quirks that make them unique. Um, and they all stand out. Like, I'm not even just talking about Spider-Man. I'm talking, like, Miles' dad. 
you totally get where he's coming from at all times. I'm talking about the Prowler. I'm talking about even Kingpin, the generic villain who they- When I first saw him, actually, I, I was a criticism, actually. When I first saw him, I thought they over-cartooned him. He he looked a bit cheesy and uh, kind of stupid. And then, like, you hear his voice, which is very, very different to every other interpretation I've ever heard of him. Like, they made him very, like, I don't know, mobster and stuff. I was like, uh, but then by the end of the film, I'd come around. Like, they made him feel like a threat. Like, that's the great thing about the Kingpin character- like, at all times, he's meant to feel like this average normal mob boss, but then when he fights, it's like, oh, shit, like, he's so dangerous, he could kill these people with superpowers, especially Spider-Man. Um, so, so I actually end up liking that. But even him, he had, like, a bit of a little arc or a little bit of a character development going on. Every character in this film, no matter how small or major they are, felt really refined and, sorry, defined and very, like, yeah, it was just- I haven't seen that in a film in a while where I felt that about every character. No, Creed 2 I felt that with. But, you know, like, that was really well done, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. Um, the character work in this movie is insane. Uh, like, my my favourite moment in the entire movie is when they're up on the roof and, uh, you know, you've got the reveal of the Prowler uh, and you've got the, you know, like, he knows that it's, he finds out that it's Miles. Oh, no, that was, sorry, the Prowler reveal was a lot earlier, but, uh, you know, he finds no, that's out that when it's Miles. Miles finds out, yeah. So it's a reveal for Miles, I guess. Yeah, it's a reveal. It's a re- no, no, because Miles finds out when he's oh, in wait, his no, apartment. No, 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 no. It's a reveal for the Prowler to yeah. find out that he was Miles. So, yeah, re- he's so Miles, flip yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'll so, get you back, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I said, and then you fucked me up again. <laughs> I, I had my back by just going with it. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but I love the moment, man. Like it, it's on- honestly a genuinely dark moment. Like you think he's gonna like drop him off the roof. Like he he pulls his mask back down, and it's like holy. shit shit this got dark uh and then he gets shot by the kingpin which is um you know which again is is pretty dark or anyway D- double down um, in the darkness yeah so it was it was awesome dude it was a but great then, moment of tension and then to triple down the darkness the next scene that dude's brother finds him dead in the alleyway over and standing over him is spider-man someone he hates and that right. so he tries to kill him but that's or arrest him but that's actually his son so they right. just quadruple down in the darkness and damn this film gets dark at times <laughs> yeah it, it's good man like it's it's fantastic there's some amazing like story beats like that that are just really really compelling um this <laughs> this I, movie so i'm no, just gonna go. say another great scene for very similar reasons is shortly after um when he's like webbed up in the chair all his friends have left him he's sort of abandoned and he's he can't answer the door that where his father's at and they just have this really emotional monologue for the dad and Oh, this movie's got so many great character moments like that. Yeah, you know? that was that was awesome. Except it was a little distracting because, like, seeing a kid in his room, like, tied up in his chair, and like, look something looking like cum, like all, <laughs> all, oh, fuck all wrapped you. up. <laughs> you, you're bad. You're bad. Ruined, you're, ruined it. Ruined you, it. Ruined that moment for everyone. <laughs> you are banned from the planet. Get out. Oh, Go boy. to Mars. Um, That's but n- no. not get in the bin. Go to Mars, bro. <laughs> Fuck you. But yeah, fantastic movie, dude. That's honestly, that's I don't really have much spoiler thoughts like that I didn't cover in, in this in the non-spoilers. Oh, like that was, it's it's I fantastic. Talk- like the uh, the reveal of the reveal of Doc Ock was fantastic, man. Like she yes. was awesome. Like I did not that was see honestly that a jaw dropping moment. Like it's like holy shit. But like I saw it like because like when he walks into class and she's doing like a she's on the video thing, they hide a name. You see. 
does uh, you say um olivia and then it's like oc and then something else so i'm like oh that's that's weird but like still you know but, but the reveal made sense like i did not see it coming because like I, I forget you know this takes place in the ultimate spider-man continuity where the characters are all sort of different um and changed up so i did not see that coming man like that was as to me, that was fucking cool, bro. I really like that. Um, this movie does so well of like raising tension and things. Like, it's so easy to make a superhero feel invincible. I reckon it must be so hard in writing to make a superhero feel weak, and they they did it so well, bro. Um, hey, something I gotta talk about, man. Oh man, I, I haven't been this surprised by a film in a while. Dude, that post-credit scene, I laughed my fucking dick off. But it was more in shock. Like, I can't believe they're doing this joke. Well, first of all, I'm super stoked that they showed Spider-Man 2099, who unbelievably was voiced by... Who was it again? It was... Oscar um, Isaac. I, I still don't believe that's him. That's 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 the extra level of incredibleness. But then he goes... To, it's Spider-Man 2099, who's, like, one of the coolest, like... Ultimate Spider-Man. In fact, it was it was weird they didn't include him in it. But then when I saw that, of course they saved him for the sequel because uh, he's such a great way to take the story uh, with this concept. But um, then he jumps to another dimension, and it's the fucking 1960s cartoon, which is like they do the finger point meme that's all over the net. And oh man, I was laughing my balls off, bro. I was like, I was in such disbelief. I fucking love that man. And speaking of great Easter eggs, my favorite Easter egg, oh, it tied first place with that one, is when you first see Miles Morales, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a screen of Donald Glover from an episode in Community um, dressed in his Spider-Man pajamas. And for those who don't know, Donald Glover was one of the main inspirations behind creating that character. And then bring it full circle, he played the Prowler, you know, Miles Morales' uncle um, in Spider-Man Homecoming. And now he's got a cameo in this. And he's also voiced Miles Morales in a in a, an animated kids show, so it's just really cool how they've entwined this Easter egg with the character here. Um, and as a fan, I nerded the fuck out over that, bro. Bro, I nerded the fuck out over everything in this movie. It's fucking incredible. I can't wait for another two hundred sequels. I'm sure Amy Pascal's finally happy that she has a decent Spider-Man franchise that she fully owns on her hands for Sony. Uh, and I hope this helps with the future negotiations of Spider-Man at the Marvel Universe. Um, since that stuff expires soon, apparently. Um, yeah, I've got no more to say after that, man. Um, Nine point five out of ten. You blew really your close load. to ten. Blue. I, I I shot web all over the place, man. I can't wait to see it again. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yes. And that's it for us. Uh, I think on this episode of Midnight Double Feature. Thank you to Colin and Danny for joining us briefly there. And for those who don't know what the fuck is going on, um, this is an upcoming attractions episode where we lay down the law and our thoughts on the latest movie film news. And we also talk about our little uh, reviews and opinions that we just heard of the latest films as well. Um, the other episodes are the feature presentation episodes uh, where we sort of break down a film in um, more in-depth, long-form content. Uh, last week, what did we do? Was it, was it Die Hard? Was last, last week was Die Hard, right? Yeah, last week we did Die Hard and we've got Batman Returns on its way. So don't... Uh... <laughs> Don't count your uh, don't count midnight double feature out for the year yet, guys. We're we've still got a lot of content coming. Fuck yeah! And if you want to stay up to date, um, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can find. Please leave us a review on iTunes, or if you're not finding us on iTunes, you can find us on Spotify as well. Um, and most of all, if you want to be our friend, you want to talk with us about your thoughts and opinions and stuff. I'm sure you can shoot us an email uh, at our Gmail, but 
Instead, why not just be our friend on Facebook? That's right. Don't like you can like our page. We also have a Facebook community group called The After Party, where we post our memes, our thoughts, and all sorts of other stuff as it's developing. So find us on Facebook, The After Party Midnight Double Feature. Um, and now that spiel's out of the way, it's time for me to head off. I'm probably going to watch Overlord um, tomorrow. So I'll Ooh. be back with my thoughts on that. Um, and I know how much you fucking love that movie, bro. Um, so anyways, I'm Matt, and this is Zoyeb, and we're out. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah.